All right, hello and welcome to this very special Jeremy ASMR session. <laughs> no, just joking. This is going to be a literary analysis of Sunrise by me, the Bitcoin Cash podcast. And this is quite a different video to what I've ever done before. So um, hopefully everything will work out in terms of the sound levels uh, and so forth. Uh, but we'll just give it a shot and see how it goes. So to start off with, thank you very much to Marcelo, who is a huge supporter of the Bitcoin Cash podcast. He's donated a lot of BCH to the flip starters, especially the most recent one. And he's also just a big fan of my music that I've made, which means a lot to me because I'm certainly no professional musician, although I guess in a certain sense I am being paid to produce it. So maybe I am a, a professional musician, but I don't consider myself a great musician anyway. And when I went on his show a little while ago, No I Almuerzo Gratis for any Spanish speakers, he asked me a question about sunrise and what it all meant because even after I'd sent him the complete lyrics he didn't really understand <laughs> I think what it was about and that's certainly understandable because it's all quite cryptic and has a lot of references to media and so forth in there so I did kind of a terrible job explaining to him in Spanish that that's what it was uh, but even in English, we certainly wouldn't have had time to go over everything that was in that. So this video is kind of a thank you from me to him, uh, because and I'm I'm sure I'm sure he'll enjoy it. Now, as I mentioned, this is something really different. Some people I think will absolutely love this, and almost everyone else will hate it and get bored and tune out. So. This is one of those things that's kind of for the connoisseurs. If it's your thing, you'll probably really love it. Uh, and if it's not, don't feel bad. Just you get bored and switch it off. It's kind of an experiment as well too. So I'm happy to hear any feedback from the audience as to whether they enjoy this or not because I can do more things like this if people like it. Uh, but if you don't, maybe or maybe I won't. Uh, before we get into it all, obviously, well, not obviously, I want to be clear that this is going to be very, very self-indulgent and probably really long. I might even have to record it in two parts. It's 9pm right now, so we'll see how much I can get through before I get tired and need to go to bed. But might need to do this in two parts, but just to be, to be clear, you've been warned this is going to be super long and very, very self-indulgent. Obviously, this is me analyzing my own music, so I can't really pretend to be <laughs> too too humble or whatever about it, especially given the subject matter. So that's just, that's just my disclaimer going into it. Please bear that in mind. Okay, so uh, a few more notes uh, before we get started. So I'm a big fan of rap music, obviously. That's why I've made some rap music, not only just because I think it's inspiring and cool, 
but I've always loved it. One of my my first ever album that I bought was Elefunk by the Black Eyed Peas when I was, I don't know, maybe nine years old or something like that. And let's see, 2003. Yeah, it would have been nine, I guess. And then I also got, shortly after that, I got Curtain Call by Eminem. For people who don't know, that's sort of his compilation of some of his greatest hits from the earlier part of his career until 2005. And I just listened to that over and over and over and over and over. And it's, anyway, it's one of the best albums ever, in my opinion. Of course, I like it. Uh, But just, I've been obsessed with rap music ever since. And one of the things I really like about it is that it's a kind of poetry, right? There's obviously music involved, but it's all about wordplay and rhythm and speech and cultural references and so forth, which is also something that I really enjoy. So like Shrek 2 or Better Call Saul are both amazing examples of things that you can watch. And if you're very into it, you can get very into all the all the cultural references and how things tie into each other. In the case of Better Call Saul, there's a lot calling back to or calling forward in some senses to Breaking Bad and the whole universe, but even a lot of other cultural references and things from the time and so forth. So for literature geeks, I guess, like me, this project sunrise that i made was supposed to be somewhat in that vein and i think as we go through it you'll you'll see that for sure so i got to give a shout out as well to miss langford mr blaine and miss adams who were my high school english teachers and also mr hollier mr williams and miss primrose who were my high school latin teachers and all of them have had some impact in the in the arena of my interest in these literary techniques and epic poetry and all this stuff would be right up their alley. And as a result, it's right up mine from that influence. So thank you very much to all of them. I have no idea whether or not any of them would ever see this, but if they do, you you'd certainly made an impact. Right, so because we're going to get into all of it. It's also just worth mentioning that you can kind of have fun with this yourself if you want to play along at home, which is pause the video in about 30 seconds once I'm done explaining and watch the sunrise video clip. Here it is. Just look up the Bitcoin Cash podcast sunrise on YouTube and I'll have a link in the description. Uh, Let's see in the description. Okay. It doesn't have all the lyrics in the description, but I'll add uh, a link below this video with all the lyrics of Sunrise unannotated and you can look through that and watch the video clip and play a game with yourself where you try and get kind of like a crossword where you try and get as many of the references and uh, literary techniques as you can and then you can obviously check your answers against what I've found or it's possible you would even find something that I didn't know about but I'm going to try and cover as much of it as I can. Not all of it is possible to get because some of it just requires background knowledge that isn't available to anyone except me. But a lot of it in terms of 
what are the different uh, pieces of media that are being referenced in here. If you know them, you can know them. Um, the Some of the liter literary techniques in the actual lyrics, you could also spot and know those in a lot of cases. And yeah, maybe <laughs> just see there's not there's not any scorecard exactly because I don't know how you'd score it. But uh, if you're, again, a literary geek like me, you have the chance now before you've watched this video to go through and get as much out of it as you can and then see uh, whether you found the same things that I put into it or that I discovered later or not. Okay, obviously this is just my own interpretation. Another classic thing about high school English was the author's intent. Does that matter? That's only one point of view once an artist makes a piece of media it's not beholden on them to be the dictator forever after of what is true or not about it so this is just just my opinion uh, and you can take it or leave it whether you think it's accurate or not but obviously having having made it and uh, so forth you do kind of get a bit of extra weight so this is somewhere between a kind of director's comment commentary and a literature analysis piece i personally always enjoy looking up rap genius for anybody who knows that there's this website where you can look at the lyrics of rap videos and people write up there uh, the lyrics to eminem songs or dr dre or whatever and then they annotate them and give explanations for what are the references and what is the slang and what's the historical context and sometimes the artists themselves even go in there and write up annotations and I often I've looked up many many rap songs on there and when you do it's just mind-blowing the amount of stuff that goes into all the different uh, songs that that people make so all the you know historical beefs between this artist and that artist and a line calling back from this song to that song which was a sample from this song and referenced this particular historical figure and all that stuff I love that uh, so this is my kind of self, uh, what's it called, DIY <laughs> version of rap genius about my own music because I'm not big or popular enough <laughs> yet at any rate uh, for people to do that on my own songs. Uh, and that's, that's anyway, I always really enjoy that. So maybe maybe I can help somebody else get into that, get into that community through this. It took over a year to make this song, um, partly because it's the most complex and the longest in terms of the lyrics and also just the music itself of the songs that I've made so far. But that's just because so much went into it and also just because I'm really busy <laughs> and uh, producing music is about my eighth thing on the list of my priority so it happens at the speed it happens at but even with disloyal and with changing the game both of them took six months at least to get completely done but sunrise was by far the biggest and most ambitious one that i've done and i wanted to sort of push my creative limits as much as i could in doing it and i think i succeeded in that although i'm not really sure what lessons to draw from it, <laughs> actually. <laughs> uh, probably I'm still digesting it a little bit, but 
it was it was it was fun and I'm glad I've done it and I don't know how many more songs like this I have it in me to make although we'll see if it, it generally got a fairly good reception and certainly after I've made this video and people have had a chance to chew through all the source material and stuff I wonder if people will be asking for an, another similar one but it's very different to obviously a song with a chorus and a bridge and a outro right it's not it's not that kind of uh song so it's only a specific kind of person that likes that obviously spoilers as well too i'm going to be talking about some different reference material allusions to popular culture and so forth there's just going to be spoilers to those things in explaining their significance that's just a bit unavoidable so if you don't want to get spoiled and something comes up that you're interested in well pause and go watch that but it's just part of the game, really. The vocals for Sunrise was actually all one take. So I had to do it, I don't know how many times, probably at least a hundred, maybe more times, just rapping all the way through because that's maybe not essential. And I don't know if there's a lot of music artists that do that. But when I record things like the raps for disloyal and for changing the game each verse would be just one continuous take i don't well i don't have the resources in terms of a whole studio and full-time ability to focus on it to just record everything and then re-record and re-record and re-record and pick out the best takes of each line and then edit them all together which i guess is how it's generally done i just don't have time for that and i also have a sort of artistic affinity for doing it all in one take and also there's very little sort of vocal editing like I do get my songs mixed and mastered but there's not auto-tune or whatever on on my voice so I like the idea that the voice you hear in the songs is literally exactly my voice and even if not in practice in theory I could re-perform that exact same thing that exact same way like at a public performance or at a con concert obviously I wouldn't my vocal tone would always be slightly different different me different day different pronunciation whatever but at least at the time that it was captured that vocals came from me exactly like that and so I did so many takes of this to get it right because getting the the breathing and so forth spot on to get hit every line is <laughs> was very very difficult it took a long time again uh, the whole song took every year but this was just i don't know months probably of practicing it in in different sessions and also because it is like seven minute song and there's it's virtually all just going there's there's a couple of small breaks in there but doing a seven minute song with five minutes of raps over and over and over and over you can only do 10 or 15 takes in an hour and then once it yeah like 10 takes maybe max with a small break in between and then your voice just <laughs> gives out <laughs> so uh anyway suffice to say this the whole rap that you hear i just did that all in one take and there's one little bit where I didn't quite get it perfect and you can kind of hear my voice catch. I might point that out uh, when we get to it, but 
that might just be an interesting piece of trivia but once i got that take and it all just flowed i was like that was that's the one uh the song it's it's a bit of a you know it's about my life it comes it's the story of my life in some respects but it's also kind of a metaphor for the story of bitcoin and bitcoin cash although bitcoin is not actually even mentioned at all which is quite interesting like i said before it doesn't have a typical intro verse chorus verse bridge whatever intro verse chorus verse chorus bridge chorus chorus outro structure so it's an actually just supposed to be an epic poem uh, which comes in and it has three three parts three sections to it which is mentioned in the song here's a list of all the sources i've got them all pulled up here on youtube so i'll play them and talk through them as we get to those uh bits but uh yeah, the, the links are all here. So if you want to follow up any of this stuff or the, where the clips came from and whatever, you can, you can definitely do that. All right, let's get into it. Okay, so starting out here, Sunrise. Okay, all right, so what's going on at the start here? So in this first 15 seconds before we get to David Goggins, these are just shots of St. Kitts. And when we were at Bitcoin Cash 22 in St. Kitts in November, Jet and I spent just one day, I think, and sort of before the conference, and we went out, maybe it was after, but I think it was before, and we were there, we went out around the island and we filmed a few of these little uh, segments. We, it was a beautifully sunny day, which is, which is great. And you get a little bit of the flavor right there of a sunrise, right? It's right from the start. It's a sunny day because the whole song is about the turning the corner for the Bitcoin Cash community. I felt like... I needed to make a song that encapsulated the way that Bitcoin Cash had fought through so much. And in contrast to Disloyal, which is quite, uh, you know, was, the, was supposed to be a bit more of an anthem for Bitcoin Cash. And like Andreas Antonopoulos said, punk rock, Bitcoin is punk rock. That was, that was adding a bit of defiant punk rock. And then changing the game was about grit. It was about when you kind of been written off, you need to you need to dig deep and come back with something to get to the next level. That's what changing the game was about. So sunrise is about the fact that I felt like the the Bitcoin Cash community had been through the darkest points of its existence and it was time for the sun to start coming out on the Bitcoin Cash community sunrise. It's a very uh, optimistic kind of imagery. And 
I think that, well, that's been vindicated so far. I think quite a few people have said that Bitcoin Cash is maybe in its best period in history now in um, January of 2024. So about seven months or eight months after after this was released in May of last year. I can't even believe it's only been, it was only May last year that this was released, but I guess I'd been working on it for more than a year at that point. So it seems like a lot longer ago to me. So you have these shots of of a sunny day, of, of the sun rising. There's not the sun actually rising, but it's that idea of the sun, sun rising in, in St. Kitts. And the music is from this. It's Sunshine is the original. Oh, the original track is called Adagio in D minor, but it's from a movie called Sunshine. So let's just have a quick listen to this. Right, so this song is one of my favorite songs of all time. And I, I haven't even known it for that long. But I watched this movie, Sunshine, I guess a couple of years ago now at this point. And this song just, just captured me. It's one of the most amazing pieces of music I've, I've ever heard. So it just inspired me to be part of this, part of this song now. This the original here is obviously, or it's a bit slow, <laughs> so I sped it up. So in my version, you can hear here, it's uh, 1.41x speed. So it's not quite one and a half times faster, but 
it's in that ballpark. And I did, I cut off all that intro uh, dramatic part and just got straight, I mean, the song is long enough, so I, I just got straight to the meat of the action. And I, it's also, I added in some extra strings there over the top of the, the intro. If you listen closely, you can hear, you can hear the, the original. Here we go. And if you listen to my one, you can hear. So I did change it a little bit, but it's, uh, yeah, I, so I guess it's, it's a pretty extensive sample anyway, but this movie, uh, Sun, Sunshine is about a group of people in the future who are on a ship to that they need to go to the sun and I think they need to, I forget the details, but they need to sort of save humanity, right? By shooting a rocket into the sun to realign it so that humanity gets sun shining on the earth again so it doesn't all freeze into this glacial ball or something like that. But the, the premise is that it's a movie about a small group of people on a tiny improbable chance mission at likely the sacrifice of themselves, <laughs> like essentially, yeah, they're sacrificing themselves on a tiny improbable chance to save the entire human race. And that's what that movie is about. And to me, that's the same as Bitcoin Cash. That's what we're doing here. It's just a few people on this little sliver of a chance <laughs> that we can rescue humanity from war and from global conflict and from the predation of the fiat currency system that it just has humanity enslaved and from CBDCs. So everything about the theme of that movie, I think also resonates with also the Bitcoin cash community and what, what I was trying to communicate in sunrise. And I think it's really cool, obviously that, yeah, so I've just adapted their name sunshine to sunrise okay so you got that and then you got the next little bit yeah i started realizing here we go so yeah, i started realizing that if you can just find strength just a little bit longer you will have a crew of people following you along the way all right so we got david goggins here so for people who don't know David Goggins, I highly, highly recommend you look him up and watch a little bit of his stuff. It's insanely inspirational. And he is, uh, how do you describe David Goggins? He's at, at like an Ironman ultra marathon type of fitness motivator kind of person. And he, he was in the military and he just has the most incredible mental strength of just about anybody on the planet or that has ever existed. And there's this clip of him on Joe Rogan where he was talking about taking souls. So let's hear some of what he had to say here. Think about it, man. I talk about my book, Open Mindedness. What separates me from a lot of people is they go into an a daunting task and the task is overwhelming like 
When I heard the pull-up record was 4,020 pull-ups, and I was talking about breaking this record, people were like, oh, my God. I went right to a pen and paper. They go, what are you doing? I'm doing the math, man. What are you talking about? I'm open-minded to the fact that, okay, if I do five pull-ups in a minute for so many hours, I can get so many pull-ups in. How much time do I have to rest? I was breaking the math down. You have to be open-minded to the possibilities that I can do this. Once you shut your mind down to the possibility that it can be achieved, there's no way it can happen. So that's why my, my eyes and my body light up about things, because I know that if you're in a fight, you have to attack. You have to keep attacking. The enemy has to know he is not going to give up. You must break the soul of whatever the fuck is in front of you. That's what I realized. I was never breaking the soul of anything in front of me. So that's why I came up with this thing called Taking Souls in my book. I started to devise ways to break a soul of a human being, of, a, of an object, of, of, of whatever's in front of me. And if you keep on attacking something, nothing wants to stand in front of anything that is relentless. So yeah, that's that kind of comes into the it later, but I'm going to skip over a bit here and then get to the sort of the end of section. That is an interesting thing about the mind is that you can find inspiration, and when you find inspiration, let's just take it back a little bit. Boners. That's right, charging, and we start fueling off of that. We start fueling off the fact that man, it takes one second of energy to steal everybody's, and then you have all the energy you need. That's all you need. You need to look at someone's eyes. You know how it is when you fight somebody and you broke that motherfucker. He's like, oh, God, man, I don't want to go back to the next round. And you feel like, my God, I can fight all day. I can fight all mm. day long. That's what taking souls is. But you have to have the will, the heart, the courage to go that distance when you're exactly jacked up. You have nothing left to give and give more. That is an interesting thing about the mind is that you can find inspiration. And when you find inspiration, when you get charged up, all of a sudden you have energy. That's right. It's, right. it's weird. And I talk about in the book also is about I learned how to control my adrenals. If you know how you know how you get that fight or flight response when you get to move real quick. Yeah. And, you know, I, I started learning the mind a lot how to get myself jacked extremely fast, like in a horrible environment when everybody's miserable. I learned how to really find strength in the misery. When everybody's suffering, everybody's all poopy pants and their mentality's down and everything, I started just like, my God, this is where I shine. And I started using all that misery for tons and tons of tons of drive and motivation to, to, to then lead people further. Because you can get a lot of power through misery. And once people see that, my God, Goggins is fucking going, then everybody says, Roger that. Let me get my shit and go too. So I started realizing that if you can just find strength just a little bit longer, you will have a crew of people following you along the way. And that is another thing that no one can ever teach you. You're, you're going to have to learn that on your own. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to figure out how to j pull that energy out of your mind on your own. There's, not, there's, there's no book you can read that all of a sudden I have it. I've got the technique now. I know how to do it. Yeah. No, it's, it's a, a grind that you have to start and finish on your own. You have to take great pleasure. That's some great wisdom right there from both David and Joe, right? These are both guys that have worked so hard and been through so much. And what David is describing, especially Goggins. <laughs> I don't call him David. I don't know <laughs> what, uh, what Goggins is talking about. 
where you, you have to be able to just pull energy out of your mind and that reality cannot withstand an absolutely relentless attack if you are completely focused on what you're doing that's just the mindset of a champion and obviously hearing about he, hearing this this clip uh wherever i heard it i think my mate sent it to me i just resonated with it so strongly so i thought it was the perfect way to introduce the themes of sunrise and the bitcoin cash community finally finding some some motivation and so you have here as well you have jet is <laughs> kind of standing in for the whole bitcoin cash community but in in a literal sense uh, you know you'll have a crew of people following you along the way jet jet literally is uh following along with the bitcoin cash podcast but also just the entire community right the whole the whole of humanity and that's what what he, what De what goggins is saying about about taking souls that's what it is. Bitcoin has been taking souls since day one. It started out with one person, Satoshi, who believed in it and it believed it could be the global reserve currency, essentially. And then Hal Finney, and then on, you know, one by one by one, the world is having its soul taken by Bitcoin. And that's what our mission is. And yeah, that's, it just sums everything up uh, perfectly. So then we get on to the, uh, hang on. In the fact that no one. Okay. That is enough thing that no one can ever teach you. Because you, you're going to have to learn that on your own. You're going to have to figure out how to pull that energy. Okay, so we got Joe talking about that. That's something that no one can ever teach you. And I really liked that because it's it's spot on that's the kind of thing you can't you can't learn anything in in some sense from anyone else the only way you can learn to do something incredible something that nobody has ever taught you before or that nobody has ever achieved before is to teach yourself that by definition there will if the nobody has done it before there is no rule book there is no guidelines there is no mentor you you have to do it for yourself and that obviously resonates both with the the bitcoin mission bitcoin has never been done before we're figuring it out in real time but also just the idea of self-sovereignty and responsibility self-responsibility and accountability that is at the root of bitcoin is those exact same ideas And then we've got, here we go, we've got the, so this is me on the, I guess it's a, I guess it's a beach, this kind of black sand rock stuff here. I'm on the beach with the Gadsden flag, which is pretty, pretty cool. This is, Jet got a couple of great, great shots here. I'm picking up my hat. It just blew off my head, I think. I don't know why, but this shot just looked sort of dramatic to me. All right. There's no book you can read. That's a critical line that he says. So there's no book you can read because it's a motif all throughout the song is about books and stories and writing. And Joe brings it up uh, 
right right from the start. And then he says, all of a sudden I have it, I've got the technique. He says, there's no technique, there's no, that you can learn as, as inspiration. And we're going to talk about a bunch of literary techniques in the rest of this analysis. So that that's uh, relevant. Now, when it comes to this clip here, we've got this is from 15 million merits. Let's see. I think I have it here. Here we go. It's from Black Mirror. So for anybody who hasn't seen Black Mirror, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. But this Black Mirror is, there's season one, episode one is not really that great. And then season one, episode two is this one, 15 million merits. And it's one of the better Black Mirror ones. So it's an anthology series. So every single episode, they all they all share this theme of sort of dystopian science fiction. Uh, and sometimes they have references or crossovers amongst each other, but the uh, each episode essentially stands alone in the series. And so if you skip out the first episode, which kind of sucks, this is the second episode and it's amazing. And it's about this guy who's in this dystopian future where everybody has to ride these bikes to grind up credits like some kind of messed up CBDC. And he needs to earn 15 million merits to get a chance to go on this idol pop star kind of thing. And to do it, he has to just suffer through living in this tiny little cubicle with screens all around him, which kind of mirrors my experience at the time that I was writing this song. I was in lockdown in London in a tiny little room, obviously not to this absolute extreme, but in a very similar way. I wasn't being forced to watch porn ads like he is, but he's in the, just the dystopian future that was just a logical extension of where the world was progressing from my point of view at the time that I was, um, at the time I was writing this song. And it's just very, like this, this has been 15 million merits. This was, had been around for a few years before that, even I'm sure, but a lot of the Black Mirror stuff now, it's, it's incredibly prescient. At the time it was like, wow, this is this bad science fiction future that we don't want to be in but increasingly we're just living in the kind of world that it already predicted and uh, exaggerated, right? So he has to just disassociate totally and just make every kind of sacrifice in the exact way that Goggins was talking about. He can't even afford his toothpaste so that he can build up his credits to get to the 15 million that he needs and he's just grinding day and night to get out of where he's at. And it's the same as the Bitcoin Cash community, this whole montage of just doing whatever it fucking takes. That's kind of the mentality <laughs> that you have to have. And he's just... I love the music too, it's so dramatic. There's this symbol on his hand that it just takes months and months as it just fades. And he's learning to dance.
It's this relentless day after day grind, which is what Goggins was talking about and what the Bitcoin Cash community is in as well to just staying single hearted, like single mindedly focused on one mission, whatever it takes. This is just such a great representation of it. Now, of course, the irony is that, again, spoilers, but he he gets the 15 million and he goes up to, he goes up to give his performance and his performance is an outcry against the system. He says, like, it's all fake and you've trapped us all in this fucked up system and so forth. And then the the judges on the show, they look at him and they say, you know, you've got talent. I think you've got a gimmick. And they just elevate him to a higher status in the system. And he becomes part of the propaganda back to the, back to the people he was, you know, for the serving the people that he was originally outcrying against. And he, he makes life better for himself at least a little bit, but he still doesn't break free of the system. He just gets promoted up the hierarchy and he's still controlled by it. And that's the exact same thing that happened with Bitcoin and the BTC side of the fork. A few of those people, they got rich, but especially as we can see now, let alone maybe not, you know, it was already starting at the time that I made Sunrise, but even given another eight months of narrative collapse with their ETFs being released and so forth, it's just so obvious that they've been fully subsumed into the into the system. And even on CNBC, where there was recently that, that clip of Bitcoin has just capitulated and it, it whatever it was, it lost by winning. And they just said it straight out. They just said this was supposed to be an alternative, but it's just been subsumed into the system. So... All right, so we got the beat. The beat kicks in here, and that beat is sampled from "Till I Collapse" by Eminem here. great great song and it has that same vibe this is eminem's version of just do whatever it takes and i guess it's probably one of his more it's not one of his more famous ones in the in the general public but on his list of songs it's it's more towards the top and i've always loved this song it's a great great song so uh i i just i don't know i guess i was just listening to it one day and i just felt like wow this would fit perfectly into this song so I've edited it 
uh, like the beat is not transposed exactly. I had to chop it up a little bit and get it onto the right timing. And I didn't even do a, a perfect edit, so it doesn't even line up perfectly. If you listen closely, there's some small imperfections in the in the beat as it loops through. But uh, I actually like that. Again, I think you know, art art should be a little bit imperfect, right? So. Okay, all right, here we go. Now we've got the Bitcoin Cash logo here. So this is from the Buddha Bar in St. Kitts that we're gonna talk about in a second, but this is some quality B-roll footage that Jet got uh, while we were at St. Kitts. So shout out to him for that. Here we go, so the lights are coming up on the, on the exercise bikes that I don't even know the character's name, but that the guy has to grind on in Black Mirror. That's that's like giving the flavor, this is it, this is the start of the grind, this is the start of my grind, right? Let me tell you a story about Neil. Okay, all right, so here we go. We've got uh, Buddha Bar in St. Kitts, which is owned by Sonny. Shout out to him. Although I think he might now have changed the decorations. I don't know whether he still has the Bitcoin Cash gear up, but. Anyway, shout out to him at the time we did it. This was absolutely sick. So uh, as a background for the song, it was just it was just perfect. And all, all around the island, I guess people would know the Bitcoin Cash uh, house. So I'm out the, out the front here, rapping in front of the sign. Didn't have to do any setup for that, but we just did it at night. It looks dramatic. It's all lit up and stuff. It's super cool. I'm wearing this uh, flippening shirt, which Jet had from back in the day, but that's that's kind of a nod to what this is all about, right? <laughs> we got to flip VDC. That's that's part of the part of the mission. So anyway, that's super kind of very dramatic because obviously I'm making these music videos just sort of on an amateur budget. It's just Jet and I with a camera, and we just kind of do it. It's not it's not Taylor Swift, right? I don't have ten pro videographers and hundred takes and whatever we just do a couple takes and then see see how it goes so uh anyway this was this was perfect background for it so the lyrics let me tell you a story so this is a a typical cliche opening line for a for a, a story for a narrative the uh, some of the other ones are like it was a dark and stormy night and i remember when i was a kid it would be like a writing prompt. It was a dark and stormy night and then blah, 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 blah. So let me tell you a story I, I had in that, that, same, that same vein, but it's a story about my life. And yeah, it's just, it's just introducing that this is, not, this is not a song so much as it's a, I mean, every song is a story in a sense, sense but this is a story about an illiterate kid. So here we go. The narrative begins in the, in the third person, although it should be obvious that it's autobiographical, right? It's about me, but I started from that impersonal third person. An illiterate kid is, is kind of a, a contradictory thing to start on, right? It should be a bit thought provoking because children are expected to be illiterate <laughs> below a certain age, right? Why would that be unusual? Why would it be the case that a, 
a child wouldn't know how to read. But the point of mentoring is that the illiteracy is more conceptual than literal. Like you, you can't read in the sense that you can't understand, you can't process the information that's coming in more than being unable to read. I guess it's also kind of ironic that it starts with these <laughs> this text here, Bitcoin Cash. <laughs> uh, so even if you were illiterate, I guess you could still see the see the green the green bee there as well. That's kind of ironic uh, in that shot as well too. So, but it's it's it lines up with the previous line, right? Because it makes conceptual sense to be telling a story about an illiterate kid because the kid could still understand the story because even if they can't read, they can they can hear, they can listen. We learn to speak before we learn to read, right? So this cuts to the popularity of oral storytelling throughout human history. The epic poems, the traditional epic poems like Homer uh, were, were, were word of mouth, right? There was humans told these epic tales long before they wrote them down and even after they were writing them down, they still told them as these oral traditions. So the younger me, the illiterate kid that I was, can still understand my message backwards through time is conceptually what I'm saying. Okay, air guitar lessons at three. So this is a bit of a, this is a kind of reference you wouldn't be able to get any other way than me explaining it, but it's, again, it's a little bit contradictory, like air guitar lessons Air, the air guitar is not a real instrument. It's just when you're pretending like you're jamming out, like people do, even people who've never picked up a guitar, right? They don't know anything about it, but they know that they can make these motions and feel like, yeah, I'm rocking out to ACDC or something. So this, uh, this is a bit of a thought-provoking contradiction. Air guitar lessons. Air guitar is not even a real instrument. So how would somebody else teach you to play it? <laughs> what, would, what would be the lessons you would get in that? So that's just a, a bit of a, uh, a paradox, I guess. But the air guitar lessons at three. So when I was three years old at a family Christmas, I jammed out on a racquetball racket as though it was a guitar playing air guitar, which was recorded on a VCR tape. And it became this family moment, which my older cousins and relatives would joke about. But for some reason, I don't know why, I've never got to the bottom of this. My parents never thought to buy me an actual guitar, even though I obviously had the passion for it. Uh, although, to be fair, neither did, did I either. I didn't ask for one then or later on. Uh, so when I was 23, I got my own, I finally realized, look, you always wanted to play guitar, why don't you just buy a guitar? Uh, which I did. Um, but... My parents somehow, they, they bought my brother a guitar when he was 15 or something, but he never even played it. So I don't know, I think they missed a trick there. But air guitar lessons when I was when I was three years old. So this is the start of my life story. And then living stateside at six. This uh, When I was six, I lived in America for a year. My whole family did. And um, so that's, the, that's sort of the next chapter in my in my life you might say 
but I always, I just wanted to use this phrase living stateside. I always just loved this phrase stateside that you could be stateside. They talk about that in the UK a bit, you know, the other side of the pond living stateside. It's not so much in the Australian vernacular, really. It's a known phrase, but it's, yeah, I, I just really wanted to use that, that phrase. And then you've got a bit of a progression here. Okay, so what happened when I was three? What happened when I was six? Six, of course, being three times two. So there's already a bit of a progression being established here. Now, Potter Philosophy Geek. That's the next line here, right? Philosophy Geek. thought he was born with a gift, but over right so potter philosophy geek so when i was six years old and i was living in america is when i learned to read and one of the things i read was harry potter which was very <laughs> topical and trendy at the time it wasn't exactly as it came out but it was pretty close to when it was first released so I absolutely love that uh, Potter philosophy geek is alluding to the fact that I got so into it and I, I was that kind of geeky person, you know, who loved all the, the backstory and all the niche little facts and could remember lots of these different references and things in the book that most people just skip over or, or whatever. Of course, the first, the first book is called Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone which was ironically not called that in America. For some reason, they rebranded it to Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone because I think they thought the Americans were too stupid <laughs> to understand what a philosopher was. Uh, but so you have that tying in, right? I, I was a geek of the philosophy of Harry Potter, like Nicholas Flamel, who was the philosopher in Harry Potter, who had the um, Philosopher's Stone that would let him live forever. So that's also ties into Bitcoin in a certain way, right? Because Bitcoin is about this immutable ledger, not, not with pruning and all that, but it's about the idea that an idea can live forever. Like maybe a person can't live forever, but an idea of philosophy can live forever. And maybe, maybe that's the same in Bitcoin. Of course, this is also narratively absur absurd. I, I said an illiterate kid, how could I be reading Harry Potter if I was illiterate? So that's a thought-provoking contradiction but potter it's not it's not really a craftsman type of um dual meaning so i was never really that into pottery uh, but i did when i went back to australia i went to a rudolf steiner school called arana who taught me to do pottery and clay um clay firing in a kiln and all of that so maybe that was also sort of a part of my early history that that ties in there nicely okay okay i love this shot that we had here this is on that same beach that we saw before but from a different angle now you've got quite a few things going on here you've got the the shirt with straight out of saint kitts so I bought this in Bitcoin Cash, which I paid from one of the shops at one of the ports in, in St. Kitts just be so shortly before we filmed this. And of course, the straight out of St. Kitts is in the style of the straight out of Compton. 
is the the reference which is a famous rap um you know it's a famous rap movie straight out of compton but that's a reference itself to compton right uh let me see what happens if we just look it up straight out of compton i'm pretty sure it might have been a song or an album yeah it's a film but it should be i think it's named after an nwa track right epic blah 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 film is dedicated to eze yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Right, well, anyway, it's this uh, movie, but pretty sure it's also an NWA song. Um, but yes, yeah, so you can see this straight out of Compton is done in this visual style, which is also the parental, what's it called? Parental advisory black and white sticker that they put on rap albums with explicit lyrics so that kids' parents know not to buy them that. Maybe it doesn't happen so much these days with downloading online tracks, but when I was getting these CDs as a kid, they had these parental advisory labels on them, right? Uh, like Eminem Curtain Call. Album art. Uh, so let's see, yeah, like here. Here, the parental advisory explicit content warning, right? For people who don't know, that's that's what that is. So you have the straight out of St. Kitts. So it's a multi-layered uh, reference there. And yeah, I paid I paid for Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash to buy this shirt, which is cool. I also paid Bitcoin Cash to buy these sunglasses, which are, they have the St. Kitts colors on them. And when I wear them around, people, some people think I'm into drugs <laughs> because it's the Rastafarian <laughs> type of look. They all think I'm smoking weed even though that's not really my style, but <laughs> uh, it's just, it's funny. But the, the Bitcoin Cash community, of course, has this meme about sunglasses, which is the counterpoint to the laser eyes of the BTC supporters. And then you've got this hat as well with the Bitcoin Cash logo on it, which I also bought with Bitcoin Cash. So all my entire outfit here was bought in Bitcoin Cash shortly before this in the in the port in St. Kitts, which is, which is super cool. Now, with the lyrics, told he was born with a gift. So this is two things at once. So when I was young, uh, probably after I came back from America, back to Australia, I was put in one of those gifted and talented kids, like programs, things, but I, I, I hated it, to be honest. I think those things are just such gaslighting children it's unbelievable so this is a bit of my resentment right here is that people say oh you're one of these gifted kids or whatever and you get told that when you're a kid it doesn't mean anything like just because you've got some academic promise at a young age it has little to do with how your life ends up some people are the you know complete idiots at school but then they succeed amazingly in life and some people are great in terms of academic schoolwork but then they suck in life and when you're five or six years old who knows how it's going to turn out anyway so I hated that thing so told he was born with a gift so that's just me being told that because I remember it I don't know if other people have some kind of resentment or feeling about that but it's just such a weird thing to classify children like that it's not really my speed but it's also of course the same as Harry Potter who in the Harry Potter series is the boy who lived and he gets endlessly told, 
oh, he's such a special and born with a gift, and he's, of course, the protagonist of the whole story. Uh, but uh, And they tell him he was born, like, with a gift, but he thinks it's a curse since it's the reason his parents are both dead. So my parents are both still alive. So, <laughs> hey, mum and dad, uh, we're not the same in that sense, but we are the same in this sense that everybody says, oh, you're so great, but you just kind of feel like it's a curse. Um, so... As for Bitcoin itself, its proof of work happened with no pre-mine. It was anonymously founded by Satoshi, who never profited. He didn't sell it. It didn't have any early distribution of speculators running in to buy it because it had no market price. And this is often called this unreproducible, immaculate conception, especially by the BTC people. So perhaps in this way, Bitcoin was also born with a gift uh, in a way that other crypto cryptos never have been able to. Uh, but over 20 years later, so this is when I was six, right? And then a seven in Australia. And then over 20 years later is when I was in my late 20s, right? 26. Um, at the time I was writing Sunrise. So you have a bit of a time jump there, very typical of epic poetry that you have that that kind of thing so it's just very dramatic thought I can no longer subsist I was I was at the lowest point not probably not the lowest point in my life but very close to it at at the time when I started writing writing this song having been in lockdown for a couple of years and I mean obviously you have the rhyme here gift and subsist right um, but, uh, yeah, like I just, I was so over it. I, I couldn't even, it wasn't even that I just couldn't live. I couldn't even subsist. Subsist is such a good word. It's just very baseline. If you're just barely getting by, you're subsisting. And I wasn't, I wasn't even really subsisting at that point. And that was part of that, that darkest before the dawn type of narrative arc which I explained in, you know, in the title of the song, in Sunrise, in the Bitcoin Cash community, and then also in me personally as well too. Strobe of misfortune and look down in his crib in the shadow of wealth where the corrupt banks live. All right, so you have, well, destroyed by misfortune. So this is a, very strong phrasing destroyed <laughs> destroyed by misfortune and certainly i maybe felt a little bit of a victim at that point in time of of bad luck but any tragic rising hero in an epic thing needs to have some misfortune in their past like harry potter's parents dying or whatever so maybe i had had a bit of that myself or i certainly felt that i had that that maybe no more than average. I'm not saying that I've had this particularly tragic life because I haven't, but certainly dramatically it, it plays nicely. And at the time I did, I did feel like I had just been wrecked by a series of unfortunate events, which is another, another book series. Locked down in his crib. So this, this song was authored at least partially while I was locked down in COVID-19 in London this was, of course, a nearly unbearable situation for a freedom-loving Bitcoin evangelist. And crib is a bit of a play on words. 
in rap songs, right? They're always talking about my crib, which is my home. But also the literal meaning of a, a baby's crib, which the baby Jeremy, you know, slept in. We talked about an illiterate kid, right? With the crib. It all ties together. In the shadow of wealth, where the corrupt banks lived. Okay, got the rhyming there. In the shadow of wealth is a line that I thought up while I was living in London in Poplar, which is across the road from, uh, across the river from Canary Wharf. So the Thames runs through London and on the north side of it, you, in the east, you have Tower Hamlets, which is the poorest section in London. And then across the river, you have the Canary Wharf and the Isle of Dogs, which is privately owned by these banking interests. And you can see it here in the, in, here it is, Canary Wharf Station. Here's my guitar and my Doritos. Uh, and this is just, yeah, right here. You can see this is, this is from the disloyal video clip, right? And here's the banks, here's Barclays. And here's, I think maybe that's Chase. Maybe not, uh, but you have Barclays here, you have HSBC is, is back here somewhere as well too. There's a few other ones, right? And they, they own this this whole island. So I literally was living, <laughs> almost literally in the shadow of the of the banker's wealth in the my poor crappy little little flat. So I was kind of face to face with the enemy across the across the Thames and I would go into Canary Wharf fairly regularly and have lunch and stuff like that and it always you know we filmed disloyal there and i really liked how that came out at least until <laughs> we, we had to film a lot of it at the edges right at the outskirts we couldn't film it right up against the buildings or in front or any of the areas inside because the securities found us and told us to piss off and then followed us around while we were just barely outside the authority of where they could tell us to go away because obviously wearing the bitcoin <laughs> shirts and stuff they knew that something must be up here um right so in the shadow of wealth where the corrupt banks lived uh so yeah there's a, something about living and and life as well there too where the corrupt banks lived a single flicker of hope was all that kept him awake. a single flicker of hope was all that kept him awake and that's that's how it felt at that time that I was just, everything was going wrong in my life and I was just so destroyed by lockdowns and hopelessness that the little flame of Bitcoin in my mind seemed like the one point of hope, the one little point for myself and for humanity, right? And it's nicely captured in this footage of Bitcoin Cash accepted here, the little sign in the bar I love that. That's amazing. Uh, but yeah, literally the thought, uh, the hope of BCH saving the world was was just burning away in my mind. And I was thinking about it constantly. And if you want to be metaphorical about it, it was keeping me awake in the sense of providing a chance of redemption and keep you know keeping me awake, keeping me in the game burning all through the night every second of every day right so burning all through the night burning is of course a good start to the 
the theme of the sun, right? Sunrise, sunshine, burning. And it's metaphoric. It's like literally correct as well because the, the sun burns at night, even though we can't see it, right? It's 24-7. It never stops. But the burning was actually in my mind stopping me from, from sleeping as I because I'm just so obsessed with Bitcoin and that's that's what obsession is it's just 24 7 never leaves you alone <laughs> just about all right uh and then i said every second of every day this what have i written here this highlights a contradiction we say one day is 24 hours and yet daytime only comprises half of that time because the other half is night true quite a linguistic quirk that there isn't separate words for each scenario yeah a day is 24 hours but you only get 12 hours of daylight so when does the night fit in yeah kind of weird but <laughs> that's that's what it is okay so all that kept him awake burning all through the night every second of every day the script changed underneath the very few could see the <clears throat> so the script the script changing underneath so what is this script the script is a triple pun. So firstly, it's about a script of a book or a movie, like the the story of, of my life, right? Um, and that's, that's what we, I said about Joe Rogan, talking about stories. We've talked about Harry Potter, right? The script is changing underneath. Then you've got the Bitcoin script, right? The opcodes is called Bitcoin script that is written into Bitcoin that is changing underneath the global financial system. And then thirdly, you have the script of the Bitcoin Cash podcast website, which I wrote, uh, the, you know, uh, so that you've got JavaScript, Bitcoin script and movie script, right? Uh, which I wrote that. So then you also have, this is also matches to the music the music literally changes underneath with the introduction of the violin. So if you listen, you can see the, you can hear the, the music changes, as I say, changed underneath, right? Yeah. Hope was all that kept him awake, burning all through the night. Every second of every day, the script changed underneath. The very few could see. There you go. So that's nice, right? It all, it all ties together. The very few could see. So out of 8 billion humans, very few understand the Bitcoin cash to global reserve currency mission although once i started the podcast i started finding more and more and connecting with more and more of those people and hopefully also bringing people into that into that vibe into that understanding and that history that narrative arc that that we're in to change the world right so big shout out to cheap lightning who i've had on the show many times and when he said before on the show that when he saw the first episode he he was like this has potential he wasn't instantly convinced but he at least thought there's something to this right so and he's also been following along with bitcoin for a long time knew all the history so he was also he can also see what i'm talking about i've never not been on the same page with him about that and the same with marcelo uh who i shouted out at the at the start, though, very few could see uh, underneath. See, yeah, the story he was telling himself. Here we go. The story was telling himself. Friends just couldn't believe. So this is 
<coughs> just the experience of my life and many other Bitcoin adopters, especially if you were an OG, is just that no matter how many times you tell people what's happening and that Bitcoin is taking over and it's going to be the new currency, they don't get it and you just tell them for years and years and years and years and years and they still don't get it. Even a lot of the people who get, in quotation marks, Bitcoin, right, these BTC guys and so forth, they're still just completely using custodial solutions and they haven't clicked at all with the real meaning of, of what Bitcoin is about. Um, <clears throat> but you also have here another reference to stories. Of course, we said that's a bit of a motif and it's also a meta loop. The story he was telling himself is the same story he, which is me, is telling you as the audience right now. <laughs> so in this this in inside this story i'm mentioning the story itself which is pretty cool his friends just couldn't believe yeah my friends they just they just don't get it honestly a lot of them he was on another okay here we go now we've got the first uh clip here of uh 300 of the spartans at the battle for thermopylae where they're surrounded at the end and they're all about to die so for people who don't know you can look this up you know this is the spartans the battle of thermopylae the 300 that held the pass of the hot gates against the persian empire xerxes uh and they only had just a small amount of forces because of political machinations on their own side and with just 300 soldiers as the legend i mean it is a historical event but this is just it's obviously a bit dramatic dramatized to exactly 300 soldiers against you know tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands but just because of the terrain at that point and also because of their superior spartan warrior training right they were able to just hold on for long enough. they all died in the end but they were able to hold on long enough for the situation to change and Leonidas who's the commander of the forces he just sets out to show the world that Xerxes who has styled himself as an unstoppable god can be defeated um, so and this is how I feel about the Bitcoin cash community as well too it's it's like the Spartans it's it's it's, it's how the block size war went right we all got wiped out and we all we all died at the end <laughs> of uh, the block size war like we were all wiped out of the bdc chain and had to fall back onto bch right but it's that that idea of the spartans who were just so resilient and would just never say die no matter what and that you would be almost better with 300 elite hardcore soldiers rather than 100,000. look here's all the no coiners and shit coiners right here in the background <laughs> So this is us, this is the Spartans here. Alright, he was on another planet. Of course, metaphorically, people who are way outside the realm of usual thought are described as on another planet, so that's me. I was on another planet to my friends, and I think a lot of people would find that they're on another planet with crypto, but it also ties into the galaxy theme of the the sun the motif of the sun a station they couldn't receive so this is there's two kinds of stations right there's 
could be a space station that you are on a space station that you couldn't communicate with or a radio station which also gets mentioned below so my friends were unable to receive the radio station from the space station the thread of reality with bitcoin that i can tune into this is also quite ironic because it's been suggested many times that you can send bitcoin transactions over over radio transactions and also blockstream we're trying to do it was a bit of a fake scam like everything they do but they were trying to make a bitcoin node that could operate in space as well too so it's kind of ties into that never shut off an eternal heart beating on all right so here we have this uh i've got this shirt on the bitcoin cash pop the collar <laughs> that was a bit of a spur of the moment uh decision but i think it worked out uh this bitcoin cash podcast shirt we also got made in saint kids and we were supposed to pay in bitcoin cash they said they accepted bitcoin cash but then they rugged us when we actually showed up to the shop they wouldn't they their terminal wasn't charged or something so we didn't end up buying bitcoin cash but we tried very hard and we argued with them significantly before kind of giving up in the end um but yeah we've got this nice background here saint kids is really beautiful really nice uh this area here and what were the lyrics? Uh, a station they couldn't receive, and it never shut off an eternal heartbeat. Yeah, once again, you can hear the music is reflected, reflects the lyrics. You can hear the dung dung of the, the beat. It's like my heartbeat, right? Look here. Never shut off an eternal heartbeat and There you go. The drum beat hits home along with the words to evoke the heartbeat, yeah. Of course, it's the semi-random, but perpetual production of blocks is often described as Bitcoin's heartbeat. That's what Bitcoin is, an eternal heartbeat, right? It's never going to stop. Uh, and then the line introduces the first of several epic lists, a common literary technique used in epic poetry. The repetition of an is called anaphora, which we have an, un an eternal heartbeat, and then it goes on, an, 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 this, all this. Okay. And here we go, here's Leonidas again. Okay, so an undeniable call, an unquenchable flame. An unquenchable flame, of course, is very reminiscent of the sun imagery, once again. An unavoidable path. So this is the call to adventure, which is the first step in the monomyth uh, by J uh, Joseph Campbell, I think it is. So you can look that up, the sequence of stories that every narrative arc basically fits into. The first one is Call to Adventure, and, and here it is, an undeniable call. This is me when I'm in my flat thinking about Bitcoin and realizing that I need to take, I, I, need, I just couldn't get it out of my head. And so I started the podcast, right? Okay, let's hear this again. An undeniable call, an unquenchable flame, an unavoidable path. Del Toro quest for his age. He left. Okay, Del Toro quest for his age. What is Del Toro quest? So Del Toro quest is an epic Australian fantasy series that I read as a child by Emily Rodder, which comes together again with the whole thing about the stories. Uh, the Valley of Lost, Valley of the Lost, is the seventh book in the first series. Uh, and it's the location from which the protagonist, who's called Leaf, rescues the original people of Del Tora from this kind of purgatory that they're in. 
which is the same way as me coming to rescue the Bitcoin Cash community, the original Bitcoiners who were in a quite a disastrous mess at that at that time uh, after after the third civil war. So to get the diamond that again it's like diamond hands he has to get a diamond from the valley of the lost and the challenge is a a house of riddles about his pride and so forth and so that's kind of like the same thing i'm doing was that i escaped that my own valley of valley of the lost in the change of mentality i had that led me to to start the bitcoin cash podcast here we go so frequency tuned to perceive we, we all perceive different things in the world right there really is no objective reality in fact it could all be a simulation we could all just be somebody else's delusion who knows right there's quite a bit of metaphysical ruminating in this song so i this is just this me leaving the valley of lost was that i was able to tap into a thread of reality a part of history that is not that only i can see right that i finally like my eyes were open you know like when morpheus in the matrix near says why does my eyes hurt and morpheus says because you've never used them it's the same thing there's just this thread of reality that of bitcoin cash becoming the global reserve currency that i can tap into that very few if not nobody else can right but it's not it's not objective it's just my subjective experience because everyone sees and perceives different things even in the same room right okay Oh, and here we go. Here we have Marius. Shout out to Marius. Marius Kerstad. He's a legend. It kind of almost looks like me uh, doing it here because we've got, I guess, a similar build and he's wearing the same hat and sunglasses. But uh, yeah, this is Marius. Super cool guy. You can see he's just bought this hat. He hasn't even taken out the whole cardboard lining there. But he's buying from this shop <coughs> in St. Kitts that sells all kinds of stuff in bch which is pretty cool i thought it was good to get at least one shot of the revolution actually happening here in the future this is not going to be remarkable at all but at the time we're filming it this is actually quite revolutionary stuff okay so hacking hacking into com commits so this is just adding a bit of sort of cypherpunk flavor hacking into commits is actually techno gibberish it doesn't even mean anything commits are of course what you have in version control software like git and there's no way to really hack into them i guess except maybe in the vague sense that you could hack into any computer software um but so it's it's, it's almost like uh, those in those movies where somebody comes in and says oh no the mainframe has melted down and we need to restart the combobulator or whatever they come up with just some technical gibberish which just sounds good enough to the 95 percent of the audience that doesn't know computers so this is kind of the same thing <laughs> obviously i know enough about computers to know this is not legit <coughs> but i just put it into there it just it just sounded so good 
against that same kind of idea of the matrix hacking into it but it's very cypherpunk right hacking into commits and finally bridging the breach okay you got the alliteration of the the breeze the bees here um but i'm also not exactly sure what this what this means but it just came to me it sounded amazing of course bridges are also popular popular throughout cryptocurrency bridging from one coin to another coin is a is a common common thing right world is mine like first learning of race like a lifetime of red suddenly turned world is mine like first learning of age he left the valley of lost frequency tuned to perceive hacking into commits and finally bridging the breach the code world is mine like first learning of race like a lifetime of red suddenly turning to green so all right, so here, here we've got a lot, a lot of wordplay. There's a lot going on here. The code world in his mind. So this is a literal and a metaphorical thing. So literally, I started the podcast by writing some code for the first version of the website, which is in Bitcoin Cash Podcast episode one. You can see I'm referencing the web. The, so the code was whirling in my mind that I wrote to put in that episode. And then also there's sort of the metaphorically the code world in in my mind as I understood that I needed to start the Bitcoin Cash podcast, I needed to start this journey and so forth, right? Like first learning to read. So here's the transition point from the illiterate kid that I was to the Bitcoin Cash advocate that I am today, right? So <coughs> you've got a bit of a liminal liminal point there. Now programmers read code uh, that's that's the word used for it but here i'm also learning to read the code of reality you know i guess you could say like i learned to i don't know ride a bike or i learned to uh i learned to smith a smith a sword in a furnace or something it's like learning to read once you once you have that moment once you can suddenly all the gibberish comes into focus and it becomes meaningful to you. That's a one-way journey, right? So it's the same, like first learning to read. And we've got a, a bunch of, an epic list of similes here, which is pretty cool. So like first learning to read, like a lifetime of red suddenly turning to green. So this is five, <laughs> this is five different metaphors at once, right? So you have red and green, which are both on the St. Kitts flag as uh, shown here on my glasses, right? You've got the red, red, yellow, green, red turning to green, right? Black, red, yellow, green. Uh, like a lifetime of red suddenly turning to green. Red and green is the most common form of color blindness. I'm not color blind, but metaphorically, I couldn't see the world clearly until my realization to start the Bitcoin Cash podcast. So a lifetime of red suddenly turning to green, right? It's like I was blind, I was color blinded. Red and green are the colors which are generally used in code code testing. So your tests are red if they fail and they're, they're green if they pass. So it's that same transition. Red and green are the colors of the market tickers. Like if you go on coinmarketcap.com, red turning to green, you know, the price maybe turns around for Bitcoin Cash. It's going from red to green, reversing a negative market trend to a positive one, literally or metaphorically. And then of course you have orange, which is almost red, is the color of BTC and green is the color of BCH. So if you can be a bit loose with the color theory, 
then this line is also shows the movement of Satoshi's Bitcoin from BTC into BCH. A lifetime of red suddenly turning to green, it was orange, and then it, then it became green, right? Opened a branch and turned over a leaf, water passing the test like a database cedar book. Okay, so then you have even more references piled up, uh, you know, on top of each other. So he opened a branch. So that's a non sequitur, right? In biology, that's not literally how it happens. Like branches grow out, they, they don't really open. Like a flower can open, but a branch can't really open. So clearly, I must be talking metaphorically, uh, which is that in technology, so version control systems like Git or Subversion, opening a branch is how you begin a new fork of a program's source code to make some changes. So of course this is relevant to Bitcoin after having had three chain splits, uh, which is Bitcoin developers opening branches. But I, I, so when I say, so he opened a branch, that's what I was saying before about, I, I made the website for the first episode of the podcast. That was me opening a branch in the literal sense, but also in the metaphorical sense, I'm opening a branch, like I'm opening a new possibility for my life opened a branch and turned over a leaf okay so you've got quadruple wordplay here right so turning over a leaf is a conceptual phrase for beginning a new phase with new ideas which is the story that's being told so bitcoin is turning over a leaf in monetary technological and and political history as well as me personally I'm turning over a leaf in, in, by starting the Bitcoin Cash podcast and beginning this whole journey. But a leaf is also like a leaf of parchment or a leaf of paper on which a story or script would be written. And we've already talked about stories and about illiteracy. So turning over a leaf is like, now I can read. Right? <laughs> <clears throat> Leaves, of course, grow on branches and they come from tree seeds which ties together with the, the bio, biological uh, things referenced in the rest of the verse. And finally, Leaf, L-I-E-F, is the main character hero in the Deltora Quest novels that I mentioned before with the, the Valley of Lost, right? So you've got all four, all four meanings of Leaf, check out. So that's, that's some pretty good, pretty good rap uh, references, if I say so myself. Um, and then here we go. We've got suddenly turning to green, so he opened a branch and turned over a leaf, water passing the test like a database seed. Okay, so now we've got here this <laughs> this monkey, as uh, this is one of the local guys getting onboarded by I can't remember who specifically this was, but whoever it was I was with, maybe Ryan, something like that, uh, was onboarding one of the locals here and you've just got this monkey in the shot as we're spreading Bitcoin cash around St. Kitts. I just thought that was a really cool, um, really cool shot. I had to get that one in there. Okay, as for the lyrics, you have auto passing the test. So again, we have this red to green of computer tests, uh, literally, but then also metaphorically, the the test that I needed to pass was going through COVID lockdowns and all the things in my life that led up to me leveling up to start the Bitcoin Cash podcast, right? 
Auto passing the test like a database seed. Okay, so another simile here. And a database seed is the default dummy data that is used to in initialize a new piece of software, especially for the purposes of automated testing. So a database seed should always auto pass the tests because you, the tests are just running on the initial version of the software, which shouldn't have any bugs because there's been no opportunity for anything to go go wrong yet. So this is literally true. A, a database seed should auto pass the tests, but it's also a bit of wordplay because you have the the branches and the leaves and the green that was mentioned before. So it all it ties together technologically, but it it also makes sense biologically. Never been author movie, never been played. <laughs> okay, you have another another epic list uh, starting here. Another bit of anaphora, uh, a book that had never been authored. So once again, the theme of books and scripts coming up. A book that had never been authored. So this is. <coughs> so this is doing something that's never been done before, right? Uh, like like Bitcoin, like Bitcoin Cash, changing the global reserve currency. A movie that had never been played. Same thing, right? Is it is it any difference? Is there is a movie or a book any different? They're just different forms of media, right? A journey no one else living would ever seek to replicate. Uh, a half rhyme with played, yeah, a book that never been authored, a movie never been played, replicate, the way I pronounce it, you can you can kind of get a half rhyme in there, you know, working a little hard for that one, but it's possible. Now replicate, this literally makes sense, and Jay, no one else living would ever seek to replicate one person replicating another's actions, but replicate has a dual meaning here because it's the term used for making backups of databases which we just mentioned uh, in the previous the previous section. Journey no one else really would ever seek to replicate. Of course, he is, uh, whatever his name is, this character in Black Mirror, he was also on a journey no one else living would ever seek to replicate. Never been sung, vision he could retain. Now you have a song that had never been sung, which is another meta reference because Sunrise is a song that has never been sung before, <laughs> before I sang it. <laughs> uh, but of course, it's not even sung, it's actually rapped, because <laughs> I'm a terrible singer. So uh, that's a bit of, uh, that's, that's a bit of an in-joke there, right? A bit of a meta reference, a vision he could retain, right? So this whole Bitcoin Cash podcast journey is about something that I actually can, can stick with for long periods of time. Um, right. Okay. Never seek to replicate song that never been. Never seek to replicate song that never been sung. Vision he could retain, so it consumed his mind like a triumphant parade. All the and here you go. So it consumed his mind like a triumphant parade. A simile describing the obsession with Bitcoin Cash and the internal insistence I had that came over me that I had to start the Bitcoin Cash podcast, as well as being quite visually evocative, the polysyllabic half rhyme of he could retain with triumphant parade flows really nicely. Yeah, so I think 
that's 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 pretty cool i mean you see if you go through it through this song there's a lot of sort of rhymes and half rhymes at the end of at the end of uh stanzas it's not it's not strict i haven't nailed it on every single one but i actually am fairly proud of the the flow and the pacing of this song throughout but I love this imagery. So it consumed his mind like a triumphant parade. That's what it feels like when an idea so strongly takes over your mind. Reminds me of uh, J.K. Rowling. She always talks about when Harry Potter first came to her that he just walked into her head fully formed, right? And that's, of course, we've mentioned Harry Potter before. That's That's how it was. Like once I just once Bitcoin was just thundering through my mind and I just couldn't get it out, still can't really. <laughs> and the idea of the podcast, it just it just takes over your whole mind. You can't do or think about anything else. Right, I think we've got to take a bit of a break and go on for an hour and a half at least uh, at this point. And we're still, what, two minutes into a seven-minute song. <laughs> Although we had to do a bit of an intro. So I'll be back for part two. All right, we're back for part two. So where were we at? But never been sung, vision he could retain. So it consumed his mind like a triumphant parade. All the Christmas and Easter's and birthdays that he missed. Paid right, nice. So you got all the Christmas and Easter's and birthdays that he missed. I found this really evocative language. Technically, it's called polysyndeton, which is where you have excessive conjunctions. Instead of all the Christmas, Easter's, and birthdays, Christmas and Easter and birthdays that he missed, so it adds a bit of a dramatic flair. And this is a bit of the story, <laughs> the story of my life. If you move overseas, you move away from your family, you move away from your friends that you grew up with. Anybody that's done that will will know this feeling. All the Christmas and Easter's and birthdays that you missed. Isolation price to become the man that he did. So a piece of advice, you should take care what you wish. Right, so paid the isolation price to become the man that he did. So this is a bit of reflection upon that price that I've paid, you know. So when it comes to Game of Thrones, the TV series based on the books A Song of Ice and Fire, the hostile, hardy, seafaring ironborn have a saying to pay the iron price, which means to get something from someone else by violently killing them. <laughs> uh, and that's contrasted with the, the gold price, which is that you buy things economically, right? So did you pay the gold or the iron price? And if you paid the iron price, that's kind of the stronger option if you pay the gold price it's like you're weak in their culture so in my case i paid the isolation price by traveling away from my family and living in lockdown in london and so forth but that created the personal growth that led to starting the bitcoin cash podcast and of course it's also a little bit uh ironic because bitcoiners don't pay the gold or the iron price they don't use precious metals <laughs> actually you pay the bitcoin price <laughs> you pay the satoshi price <laughs> uh, 
Alright. You pick up a that he missed, paid the isolation price to become the man that he did. So a piece of advice, you should take care what you wish. Right. So a piece of advice, you should take care what you wish. So there's an abrupt change in perspective here from up until this point, the song's all been in third person. It's been me talking about myself in the third person, but it abruptly changes to, well, second person to give advice and then comes through to first person. So it's a bit of a transition from the out, the external view to what I'm feeling internally. Uh, but I guess, like I put in the note here, I feel entitled. I guess I feel entitled by my own harsh experience to hand out some thoughts to the listener. Yeah, I don't know what really qualifications I have, but it's my song, so I'll say what I want. I guess you should take care what you wish. Uh, commonly known piece of sage advice, which I absolutely endorse. You really should be careful what you wish for because you might get it. That's what they say. Technically, that's an aphorism or a cliche. If you think it's overused. I don't, but some people, I guess, do. Oh, here we go. So a piece of advice, you should take care what you wish. So then here we've got, in the video, we've got St. Kitts. This is up from the top of the hill in, or top of the, like, it's not really a mountain, but the, the, the elevated position in, in St. Kitts. And you can see the beautiful ocean here and how sunny it is. So I guess I was taking care of what I wish for uh, adoption in, <laughs> in global adoption and adoption of Bitcoin Cash in St. Kitts, that part of it, I wished that would come true and it did and it, it was awesome being there. It was so good, so nice. Pick up abroad, then you better not miss. Could be right, so here we've got when you pick up abroad, then you better not miss. So there's a dual meaning here, right? Pick up abroad means to move overseas, which is what I did. Uh, and then, but you can also pick up a broad, broad being especially British slang for a woman. So pick up a broad is to seduce a young woman. So in this case, miss, when you pick up a broad, then you better not miss. It makes miss wordplay as well too. Like you shouldn't make any mistakes, but also miss meaning an unmarried woman. Plus it's possible to miss your, your long-term partner or you can miss your your homeland homesickness and it, uh, all the Christmas and Easter's and birthdays that he missed and then miss is repeated here too so that's kind of some nice nice wordplay or Chile or in mountains of mist walking into the fog or ending up at night off with butter okay so it could be in China or Chile so these are both countries I have picked up abroad too <laughs> in both senses right uh, it's also kind of a nice contrast because China and Chile are both five letter names of countries that share the same first three lessons, three letters, right? They're also contrasting Northern and Southern hemisphere and Eastern Western hemisphere plus Chinese and Spanish, which are the two most common languages in the world beside English. So it kind of gives a sense of anywhere in the world which is pretty cool. So it could be in China or Chile or Mountains of Mist. 
so the Mountains of Mist are an important geographic feature in the Wheel of Time series, so we're getting to another literary illusion. We already had Game of Thrones, Harry Potter, uh, the Wheel of Time series, which has over 4 million words in 15 books. Uh, the importance of this is in the in the next line, so if we go back... Okay, walking into the fog, so here we've got Randall Thor, and here he is with Moraine at the Blight in the Amazon TV adaptation, which inspired me to start listening to the audiobooks in the first place, but the adaptation is actually not that good, in my opinion, the, the thing. It really suffers from, I guess they just didn't have enough um, budget or something. They do a decent job, but it's really not fantastic. And so Moraine is played by Rosamund Pike. She's kind of the sorceress character that helps Randall Thor, who's the protagonist. And this scene at the Blight is kind of unrelated to the actual line here, or in Mounds of Mist walking into the fog, but it was just the closest one I could find because they haven't made TV shows of the whole series yet, so this was the best I could do. But you have here, walking into the fog, so my life journey is a venture into the unknown, and walking into the fog has two different meanings. So the first is that in real-time strategy computer games like Warcraft 3, the unexplored or unobserved areas of the terrain are obscured by the fog of war. So when you're exploring into the map, that's walking into the fog, finding, looking for new things, which is, uh, you know, Warcraft 3 gets mentioned a couple more times in strategy games. And then second, in the Wheel of Time mentioned in the previous line, uh, the Mountains of Mist, the Mountains of Mist obviously are foggy, <laughs> right? So there's that. But then also separately, uh, Rand has to walk into the fog of Roydian, which is a desert city surrounded by magical fog in order to just uncover the truth of the Aiel history. Okay, I've spelled this wrong. Uncover the truth of the Aiel history and ascend to leadership of the Aiel desert warriors. So in that sense, you have a very deep parallel with Bitcoin because the Aiel are this warlike culture who you find out are descended from the Tuatawan, who are the Tinkers, which are an, a nomadic group that exclusively practice a form of non-violent resistance, which they call the Way of the Leaf, which is exactly like Bitcoin has how their cypherpunk ideology is non-violent resistance against the state. So the Tuatawan were the original, uh, you know, um, what are they, what's it called? The non-aggression principle. They were following the non-aggression principle just like the Bitcoiners. And then the IEL split from the two other one in a schism, which is similar to the BDC and BCH Bitcoiner split. And there was a lot of confusion about that history, just as there is with the Bitcoin history and the Bitcoin split. And then once they find out about the his, the, this history, the IEL, who discover that they were sort of descended from the Tuatawan, that causes them a lot of angst. They feel shamed and scared. And they call the Tuatawan the lost ones, kind of in the same way that the BBC people call us the B-cashers and think we've lost our way and blah, 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 just like we did to them. But they 
the IEL have to confront the fact that they've abandoned their non-violent principles in the past, which is exactly like the BDC and BCH history, the suspicion between the groups, the lost history, and the the way that the BDC adopters have to rediscover Bitcoin to join BCH. So thus by walking into the fog, it might be my destiny to reunite Bitcoiners in the way that Randall Thor did for the IEL and brought them back across the dragon, uh, the spine of the world, right? So it's a pretty, <laughs> it's a pretty, pretty deep cut there, actually. But uh, for people, again, that's what this is all about, the, liter liter the literary references. Okay. Not this could be in China or Chile or in mountains of mist, walking into the fog or ending up a night elf with butter. Okay, so ending up a night elf with, so what's this about? So in Warcraft 3, which I just mentioned before, which is another video game that I, I played as a child. So it cuts to all those themes as well too. And also video games are a different way of telling a story, just like movies that we've mentioned and literature. Well, uh, you know, video games are often the, an art form in the similar sense, right? So the Wisp is the fragile worker unit of the Night Elves. So being a worker unit that stays in its own base, it's rare to send a wisp into the fog of war. So it contrasts with the previous line that if I had just not pushed my boundaries and I had not done anything, then I would be the night elf wisp. I wouldn't have walked into the fog. And actually, unlike the worker units of humans, orcs and undead in Warcraft 3, a wisp has to construct, has to sacrifice itself in order to construct an, an ancient, a building. So in the same way, I have to give up <laughs> all the other things that I could do in my life, I guess, to create the Bitcoin Cash podcast, which I'm very happy to do, by the way. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not trying to complain about that, but it's just a dramatic parallel. No regret that it was written like this. Quantum entangled in Warcrafted threads are in Okay, so but I've got no regrets, which is like I was saying, that's that's true. Uh, there's maybe one or two things in my life I've done wrong, but in general, I have very few regrets. I'm not the kind of person that regrets a lot of things. I just think the way it is now is kind of the way it was destined to be, maybe, and you only get to be the person you are by by learning by making mistakes. So I'm very at peace with that in almost all cases. Then it says, but I've got no regrets that it was written like this. So we're, once again, we're getting back to writing and stories and narrative. But in this case, I'm bringing up the idea of fate or destiny. Was this all predetermined? Something to think about. The, does that play into the gods or religion? That That's sort of a common trope, a common theme in epic poetry, like like Sunrise. So, and then quantum entangled in. So this is we bring in quantum entanglement, which is about physics and about computing for quantum computers. So, are things? I've got here. At what layer of reality are things predefined? So. 
are things predefined in, in destiny or in physics, f- physical mechanics? You know, does is the interaction of every atom with every other atom leading to a a, a deterministic outcome? Probably not if you look at quantum physics because that's about uncertainty in atoms. But uh, you know that's that's kind of gives a bit of a flavor of that. And you've got of course here another anaphora begins another epic list. I don't know. We've already had <laughs> several of those. Or I guess we already had that in China or Chile in the mountains of mist, in the Warcrafted threads or in since in the mountains or seas. In the words of my friends, in the dance of the stars, it's all in my mind. So in repetition here to make another uh, list in Warcrafted threads or in since. So the Warcrafted threads, you once again have the reference to Warcraft, the strategy game, and then especially the Night Elves, right? And then you also have the Warcrafted threads also ties into the Wheel of Time series reference because in there, in that book, in the lore of that book, the threads in the pattern is the destiny in their universe, which often is particularly at play in in wars, in battles, who the threads of the pattern determine that so-and-so gets hit by an arrow and dies and so-and-so just barely dodges a spear and that kind of thing, right? Then the synths are the computer-generated sounds I use to produce this song, right? I used samples from the media and I played one section that will come to on my guitar on a real instrument but the rest of it is all just synthetically generated in logic pro so the warcrafted threads could be like the strings of the physical guitar that i played to the song and the synths are the violins that were just and the cellos that was just generated artificially so it kind of cuts to this same metaphysical like discussion does does it matter whether music is produced by a physical instrument or virtually does the listener know well now you know because i've told you but without having been told does it make does it make a difference people now just accept that music can be created and enjoyed digitally but there was a point in time where it wasn't like that just something to reflect on okay we've got uh, next line. Mounds or seas, the battlements of parapets. Okay. Like this quantum entangled in Warcraft of threads are in sense in the mounds or seas, the battlements of parapets. Okay, so in the mountains or seas. So this is a bit of structural wordplay that you've got here. That the mountains are mentioned before, once before this line with the mountains of mist, and the seas are mentioned. Afterwards, the, there's the seas here, and then seas are also mentioned later on in the song. So the mountains do come before the seas. Of course, mountains and seas is a nice contrasting visual geography and conceptually, you know, high and low. And we have that also represented in the v- video. You know, we we're just looking at me from this high elevation, looking out at St. Kitts, and then you also have the sea right next to that and in the background as I'm I'm rapping here so it does all tie together you got that and then uh, the the battlements or parapets is another contrasting um, you know contrasting couplet that 
plays into the the theme of Warcraft and battles and epic stories uh, and so forth. And as we're going to see to here in the video clip, you've got the same kids flag flying over the battlements of the castle that they had at the top of the, the fortifications that they had at the top. So it all, yeah, it all ties together. Funny that. Okay, next. The words of my friends All right, so in the words of my friends or ribonucleic helix. So this is another metaphorical quandary that humanity has pondered another piece of philosophy. Do we come from nature or nurture? Am I who I am because of my ribonucleic helix, because of my genetic DNA? Or is it because of the influence of my peers, the, the words of my friends? Of course, words being mentioned again. Once again, literature, scripts, movie scripts, words. So in this case, the input of my friends is more antagonistic than helpful. As I mentioned above, most of my friends don't really get it. Uh, but is it the fact that they didn't get it that spurred me to start the Bitcoin Cash podcast and pursue all of this? Or was it always in my genetics? Okay, so in the dance of the stars or eternity's whims, this is calling to the, the idea of nature, of the universe, destiny, fate. Is it all just written in the stars? The stars obviously being part of the galactic theme that we've mentioned, the, the sun a bunch of time, right? The sun and the stars eternity's whims we've got in the video clip here i take i flip a coin which is it's a poker chip that i got from the bch argentina let me just my friends yeah so i'm flipping this this bitcoin cash argentina poker chip that they gave out at the conference and i added that just because i thought it was a nice representation of fate and luck Poker obviously is heavily involved in that and with any kind of flipping coins as well too. Is it all predetermined? It only has a binary outcome, right? So Because it's all in my mind in mithril titanium. So it's all in my mind is what sort of tying together a lot of the discussion that we've mentioned here about where where do these things come from where do ideas come from what happens in reality but really the whole universe everything that happens is from my perspective remember we changed to my first person perspective from my perspective it's all just a figment of my imagination my mind is absorbing input from the outside world but whatever is happening outside my perception essentially doesn't exist from my point of view so if all of this is just in my mind it's all a figment of my imagination or the way my brain chooses to perceive the world then there should be no limit to what i can influence and and change like being in a dream uh, which 
goes to what David Goggins was saying at the start about being absolutely relentless and having his sort of mind over matter that if your mind accepts that something cannot be done, then it becomes undoable for that very reason, right? But if your mind is open to the possibility, then there's not a, really a limit to what you can can achieve. Of course, also the lyrics for this song were all in my mind, right? It's all in my mind. Sunrise was all in my mind until I created it in a reproducible format. So it's another meta in joke going on there. Okay, in Mithril Titanium, so you have another literature reference here, another reference to epic stories in the form of the Lord of the Rings. So in the Lord of the Rings, Mithril is a nearly unbreakable silver metal. Mithril is fictional, but it's very similar to titanium in the real world, which is a nearly unbreakable silver metal. It's the same thing. So the contrast here is highlighting that perhaps our reality is not as far different from fiction as we like to believe. Obviously, uh, fiction authors are inspired by reality and often people write science fiction about things that then inspires real inventors, right? So it goes both ways. Now, titanium is actually named after the titans from Greek mythology, which fits with many of the other references in the in the whole song. And, of course, this characteristic of an unbreakable mind indicates I've taken David Goggins' advice that we said at the start there. So when I was about nine, I learned to play violin. So this is a true story. I did learn to play violin when I was a kid and I kind of hated violin. Uh, but And I switched to cello because I had to do either violin or cello. That was just the rules at the school I was at. So I did some cello, but I didn't really like that much, very much either. But I did learn to play violin. And when I was about nine, so we're coming into the end of the first section here and you have what I was doing when I was nine years old. Remember, we started with what I was doing when I was air guitar lessons at three, living stateside at six, and then I learned to play violin at nine. So you have a nice bit of numerology there, right? It's three threes. It's a perfect triangle. In this song played by a computer sim, so what the dance of the stars or eternity's whim? Cause it's all in my mind, the mythical titanium. You know when I was about nine, I learned to play violin. You can see it in this song played by a computer sim, so So here we go. You can still hear it in this song played by a computer sim. So despite the fact that I disliked learning to play the violin, you can still hear it in this song and still come through in sunrise and that's true both literally and metaphorically so literally you have the sounds of the violin that i've been commenting on which is in the instrumental that i've added throughout the song so you can literally hear the violins but you can also hear it in the sense that the music that i learned to play when i was a kid is still obviously influencing me today in this it must be in my mind somewhere uh, that has come through in making Sunrise and making the other music that I've that I've made. Now, played by a computer sim, of course, I didn't actually play these violins. I just simulated them in Logic 
pro. So does this matter? Is the violin I played physically any more or less real than the violin I can play with a, with a computer? And of course, uh, computer sim also gives a bit of a feeling of uh, Warcraft that we, we mentioned before, video games, right? Play violin, you can slur it in the song played by a computer sim. So whatever the cost, whatever the sin, whatever the angles on the head of a pin. Okay, so whatever the cost. So we've got a nice little break in the in the flow there. So this is this is it. We're getting to the, the conclusion of this this section. You have anaphora yet again of whatever uh, forming an epic list. Whatever the cost, I'll pay any price to do this mission of getting Bitcoin Cash to global reserve currency, which I also mentioned in changing the game, right? But taking over completely or I'm going to die trying. And it also comes back to paying the isolation price, whatever the cost, paying the price. Whatever the sin, repetition that I'll do anything, sin has a bit of a religious tone, which uh, fits with a lot of the other imagery, especially this next line whatever the angels on the head of a pin. Okay, you have the rhyme there, which is nice, sin and pin. But this is another well-known philosophical or religious conundrum, how many angels can fit on the head of a pin. So not only do you have the mythological theme, but also Satoshi's angels famously in Bitcoin Cash, an organization that's been promoting Bitcoin Cash that I shouted out at the end of Disloyal. Whatever the rush, whatever the strings, whatever. Okay, so whatever the rush. Angels on the head of a pin, whatever the rush, whatever. So whatever the rush and whatever the strings. So the rush is giving some credence to the fact that this is not all bad. I'm not just complaining about this, right? You get like an adrenaline rush. I, I do actually enjoy it. <laughs> and a lot, of the, a lot of things about this whole journey are really cool, right? So I, I get a rush out of it, whatever the rush, but also rush, which you can see here in the video clip. This is Grubby, who's the most famous Warcraft 3 streamer. He's playing Night Elves, like we mentioned before. My favorite race is playing the Night Elves. He's playing Night Elves 2 and... Uh, in strategy games you might have a rush strategy right where you just rush out a whole bunch of people to attack early and so it could also be that whatever the rush is in whatever the strategic warcraft rush and then whatever the strings so we've got another multi-layer metaphor so strings means whatever the strings like in the english phrase the idiom no strings attached means like whatever comes with with as part of the cost uh, like i was saying before of course you have strings on my violin that i played when i was nine years old and the strings of the the fake the logic pro violins you have the strings of the guitar which i played in the second um in the second section but also in the air guitar right so the strings of that didn't exist the strings of the air guitar, the strings of the physical, of the logic violin. So, and then also strings, meaning like a bow string that you would have on the night elf archers here. They they fight with bows that have bow strings, and one of the 
comments if you click on them a bunch they have these funny jokes and the night elf archers say oh no not not a, a g-string a bow string or <laughs> never mind or something like that they have some quote about uh a, a bowstring, not a g-string <laughs> which is also not only is it just funny but it also ties into guitars on a guitar you have ead gbe right so you have a, a g-string on a on a guitar as well too so once again it all ties together the strings, whatever the throne politicians or kings all right whatever the throne politicians or kings so firstly Game of Thrones was mentioned earlier, so that's a that's a tie-in. You also have Warcraft Three, the expansion. The Warcraft Three, the original was called Reign of Chaos, and the expansion, which I also played as a kid, was called the Frozen Throne. So the there you go, the throne that plays into it. And then in the video clip, you have the throne. It's Xerxes in the myth of three hundred sitting on top of his throne with all his immortals in front of him confronting Leonidas so it's kind of like it doesn't matter what kind of throne it is whether it's a Game of Thrones throne or a 300 throne or a Warcraft throne any what you know whatever power whatever authority that I'm facing I'm just gonna I'm just gonna deal with it and then politicians or kings so the idea here is that politicians and kings both sit on thrones presiding over the population of course, the Bitcoin community doesn't find that authority legitimate. Uh, and the king in Warcraft 3 is Arturus, who is like a King Arthur figure. And so that also ties to the mythical and legendary theme of the song. Whatever the price, death comes from within. Okay, whatever the price. I'm not sure why I felt the need to add this line, since it seems like a repetition of whatever the cost. But I think maybe there's some philosophical difference here. What What is the difference between a price and a cost? You can pay the price is a phrase. You can also, but you can pay a cost to, like if something is pricey, that means it's very expensive. But if it's costly, it, it means it's costing. It's probably not just money that it's costing you. I don't know. English is a very subtle language and those two things strike me as subtly different, but I can't explain why. But anyway, you have another whatever uh, as part of the anaphora. And then death death comes from within. So I originally was going to say death enters unseen here, but uns unseen, I would have to really pronounce it like that to get it to fit into the, the rhyming structure. But I like this phrase, death comes from within. It's like David Goggins is talking about if you give up, the first thing is if you give up yourself, then it's over. And that's that same idea. Death comes from within. And you have here the first clip that we've had, I think, of this scene from Kick-Ass, which is an amazing movie. <laughs> I highly recommend it. everybody to watch it. And this guy is setting whatever the price setting a fire there we go so the fire is there right so it's that same theme of sunrise and fire that's one of the motifs that we've talked about so i'll burn it all down but i'll never let them win okay so i'll burn it all down but i'll never let them win 
So firstly, that ties into, once again, the whole motif of the sun and fire and also the video clip there with I'll burn it all down. It's co coincidental, but so I'll burn it all down, but I'll never let them win. So the Emperor Nero was famous for playing the fiddle while Rome burned. So we talked about the violins, right? So like me, he was playing the, he was playing the violin as the fire was, the conflagration was going on, just like me playing the strings of the violin for sunrise. Um, and of course, the Emperor Nero is another politician and king that was already mentioned in that in that previous uh, previous stanza there. So I will talk a little bit as well in a second about the uh, kick-ass, but I'll bring that up again in a second. So, so that's kind of the end. You have an abrupt change of segment here. Firstly, here you have the name Buddha Bar that you can see, super cool. Once again, shout out to Sunny, fucking very cool uh, spot. But you now have the end of the first, the end of the first section, and a very abrupt change in, in tone. Things suddenly calm down. But that was all the, that was, all the lead in. That was all the sort of origins story. That was all the past, right? And now, you have the transition to a, a new phase, which you can hear literally in the music. Okay, you've got this wood getting pushed around in the in the ocean at St. Kitts. This was just some B-roll footage that we got, but I thought it was very evocative. It just is like this wood is resisting the tide, but it's also just kind of unmoored and floating around, maybe maybe like the BCH community at at this at the time that I uh, started the podcast. All right, so here we have the ship that they're on in Sunrise, which I, if I remember right, is called Icarus. I believe that's that's the case, which is a reference to the Greek mythology of the hero who flew too close to the sun and then his wings melted, right? So I think Icarus is the name. And then here they are with the sun. So once again, sunshine, sunrise, yeah, it's all interrelated. And this is also like the Bitcoin Cash community, right? We're just on our tiny little ship in the in the darkness of, of space, trying to make it happen in the big wide cryptocurrency universe. And here you go. So now it's kicking up a gear. You can you can hear that in the music, right? It really comes in. These stronger uh, guitar chords. So this this part of the song it comes from. So we heard earlier sunrise, uh, the adagio in D minor, right there. This one. That this is the sort of original song. And then I also happened to while I was just looking around on YouTube, I found this remix, which is actually called a strobe extended dirty mix by John Murphy, which is forms the bulk of a lot of the second half of the song. So let's have a bit of a listen. This it's a seven minute song, so we don't have time to listen to all of it, but I highly recommend you 
uh, down, you know, you look it up and listen to it because it's really good, but here it is. Absolute banger. So there you go. You've got the, I found this kind of rock electro mix. And I thought that's just, that's just perfect. You can have the more uh, orchestral one to start in the first phase. And then once you get into the second phase, it gets more into this rock electronic uh, sound, right? Keep on attacking something. Nothing wants to stand in front of anything that is relentless. Nothing. So here's some absolute wisdom from David Goggins. Nothing wants to stand in front of anything that is relentless. And that's it. That's Bitcoin. That's the Bitcoin cash community. And that's also hopefully got to be me, right? You just have to be relentless just every single day. Nothing wants to stand in front of anything that's relentless. If you're just determined, you're just going to keep attacking that thing. Eventually, whatever is standing in the way, it gets sick of fighting back. It gets sick of being in the way and you bashing away and it gets out of the way. That's how that's how reality works. So yeah, David Goggins, amazing words of wisdom. And here we have uh, our boy from Black Mirror as well. He's he got in that same mindset, right? Nothing wants to stand in the way of anything that is relentless. Here he is relentlessly grinding away for his fifteen million merits. No management, no. Okay, all right, here we go. So yet again, we've got the Anaphora starting up uh, with no, this time, no management, no studio, no corporate sponsorships. So I don't have any management as in I'm not signed with some record label or there's nobody who tells me what to do on the podcast. It literally is is just just whatever I want to do, I just do it, right? and uh, no management, no studio. So I don't have a studio in two senses. I don't have a physical recording studio. I just do it all out of my bedroom, literally. But uh, I also don't have a studio in the sense of the management label. But uh, shout out to Joe, joe at greenlightsound.com. Anybody can email him if you want to do some music production because he's an absolute legend and he helps me out with some of the mixing and mastering of the songs so i don't i don't have i don't have management i don't have a studio but i do have joe <laughs> no management no studio no corporate sponsorships no okay so you have as well here didn't mention it there you've got uh me on this, this is a this on these hills of Saint Kitts. You can see here with a cannon in the background at the top of these fortifications, and I've got another different pair of sunglasses on. Right, so I swapped them out 
just to add a bit of variety, but it's that same Bitcoin Cash meme about the sunglasses, right? No management, no studio, no corporate sponsorships. So at the time this line was written, it was true before the podcast got sponsored by General Protocols. Thank you to them as well to check out bchbull.com. Technically, they are a corporate sponsorship, but not in the sense of being a large existing business or buying into the podcast for cynical reasons. They're just also part of the global reserve currency mission, right? Corporate sponsorships, no old money connections and no... Okay, here, so here we have... What, what's his name? Uh, let me see here. The guy from Squid Game. Squid Game. Um, creative by blah, blah, blah. What is the name of this character? S Song Gi-hun. Yeah, Gi-hun. Right, so you have Song Gi-hun here in the video clip player number 456, who is from Squid Game, which is an excellent series if you haven't seen it. It's about five or six episodes the first season uh it's this korean drama and highly highly recommended go watch it if you haven't it's amazing um but it was very trendy and very popular around the time that i was making sunrise or a little bit before and here he is just at the end of the whole series of trials and challenges he's been through where he's just absolutely having to dig into the deepest parts of his soul. Uh, so no management, no studio, no corporate sponsorships, no old money connections, and no Andreessen Horowitz. So this is also just saying I don't, I, I, I don't have any backing. It's just, just got to <laughs> do it with whatever I do have access to. Now Andreessen Horowitz, not only does it rhyme, which is nice, but it's uh, they're a famous VC firm and they're particularly known for being involved in all these centralized crypto pump and dumps like Solana and whatever else. So I haven't been bought off by them and they never get excited about or invest in or do anything in <laughs> BCH basically. It's decentralized, there's no pre-mine and it's not a good thing for their market manipulation bullshit. So they just ignore it and that's it. That's Sunrise, we've got no Andreessen Horowitz. Reason horror wits, no mentor, no prior art, and no industry experience, no... Okay, so, no mentor, no prior art, and no industry experience. So, no prior art is a bit, is partly a lie, right? Uh, there's no pr prior art for inspiring the world to switch to Bitcoin Cash, the global reserve currency, because it's never been done before. But there's no, so there's no historical playbook in that sense. But there is a lot of prior art in the sense that I've got a lot of allusions and references to other things in this which have inspired me. So <laughs> I'm being a little bit cheeky here to say no prior art, but there's certainly no mentor is, is kind of the same thing. There's nobody who can say, look, I've made Bitcoin Cash the global reserve currency, here's how you do it. But on the other hand, uh, you know, there are people in my life that I look up to and that I've learned a lot from and, and so forth. So it's I'm being a little bit, um, a little bit loose with the truth there uh but and no industry experience but that's the same thing there's you know i have industry experience in software development i guess which is relevant but uh that's kind of what it is okay so and then we've got here um hit girl so this is from kick ass 
So if you haven't seen Kick-Ass as well, highly recommend it. But what that's about is it's about this ordinary guy that decides he wants to be a superhero. And unlike Peter Parker, who gets bitten by a spider and gets superpowers, he doesn't actually have any superpowers. He's, he's just very enthusiastic. And so that leads him into this, uh, you know... Uh, life of trying to fight crime and it's all it's all very comedic and stuff right but along the way he runs into hit girl and big daddy who are these two other superheroes who don't have any superpowers exactly either Uh, like they can't you know shoot fireballs out of their hands or anything but they are much better trained and equipped than him so even though they're just regular people it's more that idea that if you train and get smarter and take something seriously gear up you can become pretty lethal as we're about to see from hit girl here so this is from this scene in um in uh kick ass not here here where she comes in to uh save big daddy and kick ass from the sort of mafia guys that have captured her. And this is quite honestly one of the best scenes that I've ever seen in my life in any movie ever. And I remember watching it at the at the cinema and I was just blown away. I was like, this is fucking incredible. <laughs> and you'll also notice in the second half, I might just play the whole thing because I just love watching this. It's so good. But the second half is when the sunshine, the, the original song uh comes into it so we once again have the meta layers of sunshine is a movie and then this other movie kick-ass is using that music and now my song is using the video clips of that with that music but also sampling the music myself right so it's very multi-layered like that but let's let's have a bit of a look at this hit girl saves big daddy here it's funny all these people sitting around at their at their computers kind of (laughs) create like watching what's going on on this crazy live stream that's very crypto isn't it that's very bitcoin a lot of things in bitcoin happen happen in this same way
show is over, motherfuckers. Damn. Just absolutely the best. Yeah, one of my favorite movie scenes ever. Just everything about it when the music kicks in, it's so epic. And just hit girl, just 1v everyone, all these thugs just taking them all out. And with the strobe light flashing at the end, and she's just outmaneuvered them and comes in from the side. This is absolutely insane. I just love that scene so much. And it's like the Bitcoin Cash community, right? It's what I've talked about on the show a bunch of times. It's us. It's 1v everyone. Just got to just gotta fucking make it happen, right? Safety net, no backups and no certifications. No. Right, so no safety net, no, no backups and no certifications. So that's uh, the same as... Um, same as the Bitcoin Cash community, we've got kind of one shot. We don't we don't get a backup. I don't have any, you know, backups. Although it's ironic, right? Because backups, like you should always back up your private keys. So everybody back up your your private keys. Uh, but this is the other reference to replicate, I guess. So when we're talking about replicating, this is the opposite. No backups, no certifications. So this is a bit of a shot at modern credentialism. My own disillusionment that university and so forth is a bit of a scam so for most of the coolest things in the world there's there's no certificate you can you can get you don't need a certification to be uh, like to make a rap song <laughs> you just make it although i guess you could get a degree in music and they do certify records as triple platinum or whatever so uh you know there is that Okay, so here we have Hit Girl coming in with that flashing, uh, flashing light, just absolutely wrecking those, uh, those guys. So once again, you hear a bit of a change in the in the music, a bit of a dramatic reversal of sentiment, and no rulebook, no limits, and no establishment. So I've just listed all these things that I don't have, which are obstacles, right? No management, no studio, no corporate sponsorships, no old money connections, no Andres and Horowitz, no mentor, no prior art, no industry experience, no safety net, no backups, and no certifications. So those are all obstacles or things that I don't have. But then here it's switched around, right? No rule book, no limits, and no establishment. So sometimes not having things is an, is an advantage, which is that because I don't have any constraints, I can just do it exactly how I want it, do it and whatever needs doing, right? So no big funding or qualifications, but there's no meddling overseers and no need to conform to the standard way of doing things. Just a single laptop and syndication of speed. So here you go. This is what I do have a single laptop, which is all I started with in my room in London and syndication of speech. So you've got the nice uh s sign s sounds there syndication of speech that's some consonants uh, which gets followed up later on in the verse as well uh two and syndication of speech right a single laptop and syndication of speech that's it i just started putting out the podcast and that's my main weapon to get bitcoin cash to global reserve currency either changing the world that's maybe not realistic dying a day at a Siren songs of indecision. So you have Hit Girl here gunning down the haters, exactly like like I am not putting up with any bullshit. Anybody getting in the way, they're just going to get wrecked. Uh, same thing. They said changing the world. That's maybe not realistic. Of course, that's what 
doubters always say, uh, and I always think of the Margaret Mead quote, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. That's exactly how BCH is, right? We don't need everyone. We don't even need a lot of people. We just need a group who are serious and taking it seriously. Dying a day at a time. So this is, once again, uh, consonants. You've got the dying day. It lines up there in Siren Songs of Indecision. Uh, my fa father really likes this phrase, he who hesitates is lost. And this line is kind of echoing that Siren Songs of Indecision. Of course, the sirens are from mythology as well too. They're from Greek mythology in the Odyssey, which gets mentioned later. Okay, the prophet Isaiah, what's, what's that about? So this comes from the biblical story of the remnant in which God sends one of his prophets, Isaiah, out to preach to the masses in a fruitless attempt to get them to listen and hear the word of God. But he tells Isaiah that it's going to be pointless and nobody's going to listen. And Isaiah says, so, so why, are you, why are you making me do it then? And God says, well, you've got to just keep persisting because the remnant will hear you. And the remnant are these ones, people who are passing by or who are in the crowd or whatever, who might listen in, even though Isaiah doesn't realize it, that it's very important that he does this work preaching to this seeming crowd of people who are never listening and just walking past or whatever because there will be some of them who will pick up on that even though he is unaware of it. So this is the exact same thing as the Bitcoin Cash podcast, right? I make the podcast and I put it out onto the internet and then I don't I don't know whether that's impacting all the different people that are listening in and all the knock-on effects of the interviews that we do and so forth. I don't know that or I can't control that. I just... I'm, it's invisible to me what ripple effects come from the podcast. I just have to trust that the the information will get where it's needed to the people that need it, and that's the same thing as Isaiah with the with the remnant. And uh, I got this co concept credit to Alex Svetsky, who is a toxic BTC maximalist influencer guy. Who uh, I don't know that he was the first one to link these two concepts together, but he certainly wrote a really good article about it for Bitcoin Magazine. And I recommend uh, people look into that and read up on him. I think he's a pretty cool guy, even though <laughs> we would certainly have have our differences. Uh, I would like to interview him on the podcast one day. And then you've got Sid Meier's Civilization. So this is another video game, uh, once again, tying in like the theme with Warcraft, a strategy video game, something that's close to my heart. And also the epic arc of history is, of course, a part of this game, Civilization. I really sucked at it, but what I discovered many years after I had played it and I always found that I was losing on the most easiest setting and I could never understand why I was getting just destroyed by the AI on even the very easy setting like surely I'm not that dumb but what I discovered <laughs> years later was that my dad's graphics card on his computer that I used to play on it wasn't actually good enough to render the whole game map so I was literally only seeing like a tiny part 
of the visible area of the world that I was supposed to be while I was playing. I thought that was just the fog of war, but it turns out the graphics card just wasn't good enough. So of course I kept losing because things would just pop out of nowhere that I, the game expected that I would have seen, you know, well in advance and I could have prepared better for. Uh, it's also, of course, visually here you have me standing on this castle with these guns in the background it really is the the cannons here and the cliffs it really is the sense of like civilization right so that's pretty cool the manhattan bomb knowledge versus imagination okay the manhattan bomb knowledge versus imagination so you have me once again i'm sitting out here outside the buddha bar of course here is the eponymous buddha uh that, that you have as well too I, I, which is just it's all kind of nicely lit up in green as well too, which is pretty cool. Um, but you just have, yeah, the the Buddha, so it gives, once again, a bit of that sort of religious arc of history type of flavor and all the philo philosophical questions that we've talked about. The Manhattan Bomb, so that's civilization scale changing technology, which is the opposite of Bitcoin, right? The atomic bomb is the ultimate weapon of war and Bitcoin is the ultimate weapon of peace so they form a nice little contrast there and then knowledge versus imagination so albert einstein famously said that imagination is more important than knowledge so i'm bringing that up uh is it like do does my mission hinge on having more knowledge or more imagination what what's the line between two if you can imagine things can you create more knowledge if you have more knowledge do you have a stronger basis for imagining now Einstein wrote to President Roosevelt in 1939 to warn him that the Nazis were working to build a nuclear weapons and later got denied security clearance to work on the project uh, and was kind of sad of how it ended, you know, in 1945 when they created the, the bomb. So that's kind of something people can look into. I don't know if this is in the Oppenheimer film. I haven't seen that yet. And that was all released and stuff after Sunrise, but that's just very topical at the moment. Bomb, knowledge versus imagination. You might be missing my message, rephrasing honest truth. If they have selected the offense and you are there, squid. Okay, now you have a very cryptic little section here. You might be missing my message. So, this is uh, lampshading, right? It's when you, or it's also kind of like breaking the, breaking the fourth wall. Is I'm, I'm joking with the audience a little bit right I've, I've had this incredibly cryptic song so it's it's kind of a bit obnoxious for me to point out directly that you maybe you're not really understanding what all of this is about uh you might be missing my message it's also a nice little alliteration there the letter m and then rephrase the honest truth is so this is once again a bit of dark humor right because i'm saying that i'm about to be honest and and explain what i've been saying but i don't i subvert that expectation and i say something completely different which does nothing to help explain what any of this is about so instead i say they have selected the offense and you are their squid so this is a commentary on the fact that the government the which has sort of squid-like tentacles and and power right leviathan is often how the the state is conceptualized um 
they're they're choosing to attack bitcoin right and the, the bitcoin cash community we've seen that the history of all everything that happened and the other thing it's referencing is squid game which uh is shown here in the in the video clip here here's them playing playing the actual squid game in the series squid game and in when you play squid game you have to choose the offense or defense and so the the powers that be have chosen offense so we we have to play defense right it's up to us to to play defense and defend bitcoin against against this okay people worship the state quite interesting to say that when i'm sitting next to buddha uh which obviously is another thing that people worship but people bow down before the state which i personally think is disgusting and horrible and that's what bitcoin is all set out against to try and break this religious obedience to a higher authority which plenty of people seem somehow inclined to have uh parasitic blood-sucking leeches so now you have the squid and the leech they're kind of similar creepy animals so you've got a bit of a, a bit of a contrast there uh of course yeah anthropomorphism of the state as a as a leech for mafia handouts go just by tiny television all right begging for mafia handouts goaded by tiny televisions so the tiny televisions are of course everyone's mobile phone got your tiny television there and uh it's the same it's uh it's a uh, black mirror right when your phone is off then the screen is just just black and that's the name of the black mirror tv series which is also referenced in this so i'm saying that the media are the ones who get people to believe in this government mafia redistrib redistribution of, of resources that was just a nice moment where i uh i just blew a kiss there was a couple there was like a couple sitting in this car i don't know they were just had pulled up to the bar maybe they were coming in to get a drink or something but they just pulled up to the bar and they were they were sitting in their car and uh were just like curiously watching out the window as jet is filming me and i'm doing a couple of takes of this this rap so i i blew them a kiss it was a really nice <laughs> kind of moment to just put in the in the video clip and then i went over and, and talked to them afterwards and so shout out to them if they if they see this i don't know they might have they I showed them the disloyal video clip and they were like, oh, this is pretty cool, subscribe. So anyway, maybe they, maybe some way, somehow they're still paying attention to my channel and they'll, they'll see this. Got stolen from them to fund this okay, so everything demanded free, someone else did the work in the building, it got stolen from them to fund this entitled lisping. So that's really just kind of all a statement of the way that government handouts redistribute wealth from people who've earned it to people who haven't, which is just horrific, but it's the way that the world works, you know, the way that most people are apparently okay with things. Uh, but I am protesting in this song. All 
Always being trapped and everything is forbidden. You can get wrecked anytime, selectively forced into prison. Okay, we're always being tracked. Obviously, dragnet surveillance is now quite ubiquitous, as exposed by Edward Snowden, who's about to come up in the video clip. Everything is forbidden, so this is somewhat hyperbolic. It's not literally true that everything is forbidden, but it is a legal precept that everything that is not against a written law should be allowed, right? Everything is permitted except what's forbidden, but we're in a world now where the laws are just constantly being created, so there's so many laws that you can always just be targeted and you can be selectively enforced on at any time if the if the government is out to get you that's just the reality of the world we live in and it's completely unjust and messed up you can get wrecked anytime selectively forced into prison that's what i was talking about and you have here in the video clip the classic example of that which is julian assange who is being punished for exposing war crimes you know by the criminals that he was exposing uh and he is, of course, an early Bitcoiner and used Bitcoin to get donations for WikiLeaks since it was uncensorable. And part of that also triggered Satoshi leaving the Bitcoin community. So, um, they, you know, they, they, they have it. It all ties into Bitcoin history again. While the people are censored, the deep states its omniscience. Is this the kind of society that we all want to exist in? Okay, so while the people are censored, the deep states its omniscience. So the population are, are, of course, under incredible censorship. There's a bit less now on X on Twitter uh, under Elon Musk. But even that is still, you know, questionable and let alone <laughs> any other sort of mainstream media you also have the twitter files that uh elon musk released after he took over twitter you've got the alliteration there of the c and the s sounds while the people selectively forced into prison the people are censored the deep state sits omniscient so that's some nice uh consonants there as well too is this the kind of society that we all want to ex exist in so that's technically called erotesis which I didn't know until I looked it up, uh, which is a when you have a rhetorical question like this, except you're heavily implying a, a, a specific answer. So in this case, it's no. Obviously, we don't want to live in that that kind of society. And so this is a bit of a statement of what what is this all about? What are we all what are we all fighting for anyway? Gotta fight on till we're dead in the ditches. So we got to fight on till we're dead in the ditches. So here you have Hit Girl and then also the Spartans who were both in those life or death fight situations. Um, of course, any kind of mass atrocities like the Holocaust or the Khmer Rouge killing fields in, in Cambodia that I have been to, they always end up with a lot of bodies in ditches, right? And that's, that's kind of how serious this whole Bitcoin cash crypto mission is to save us from fiat currency because it was fiat currency that created the big you know uh, 20th century of just world wars right it's insane i'd rather die free than see tyrants any 
right, so I'd rather die free than cede tyrants any inches. Of course, you had here the Spartans who were uh, in that exact situation, dying free rather than submitting to the, the tyrant, uh, King Xerxes, uh, which is also what I uh, mentioned in changing the game, winning a battle of inches to crush them all by a mile. So it does tie together there and uh, underscores the importance of not falling for incremental principle erosion, as we've seen happening with BTC Bitcoin. Okay, the system's corrupt. That's just sort of summarizes everything that's already been said. Basically, physically sickening. This is just a really nice line. I, I, I just like the sound of that. It comes off real, really well for some reason. Basically, physically sickening. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly why, but just when I thought up that line, I thought, wow, that's a that's a great line. People toiling their lives, giving their time to the rich list. Okay, people toiling their lives, giving their time to the rich list. So this is literally what what people do, right? We have increasing wealth inequality under the fiat system. You know, in Australia, you have the superannuation scheme where you're forced to pay into a kind of retirement fund but that's just an absolute scam people who got in i think it was you know when it was created they're at retirement age now and they're cashing out and the system has worked for them but it's never going to work for anybody who's in my generation because in 30 years by the time we're ready to retire and, and cash out it will have all been hyperinflated away to nothing the fees and charges and there's constantly more and more middlemen and bankers just leeching away your money so it's just an absolute scam there's just going to be demographic collapse like it's uh, yeah people are just working away their lives giving their time to the rich list literally that's that's what's happening of course bitcoin is the is the escape here and you have in the video clip you have here they are here's the rich list here's these guys with the golden masks on the Creepy Illuminati guys from Squid Game. It's live and you're living in a modern day myth called... Alright, so it's live and you're living in a modern day myth. So the entire story of Bitcoin is, of course, a bit of a, a, bit of a myth. It's very mythical. You've got the anonymous founding of Satoshi. You've got the fact that it has to fight against literally infinite amounts of money and all the existing powers of the world that there's been so many twists and turns and just the principal bitcoin community fighting them off so just it is it is a myth where we're living it right now uh, a myth that will be told throughout human history certainly if we succeed uh, but of course the story isn't over so it's our time it's our chance to be be a part of this myth and need a joy or an epic odyssey of grief Okay, so call it an Aeneid of joy or an epic odyssey of grief. So this alludes to two of the most famous pieces of epic poetry, which is a nice shout out from my own piece of epic poetry. So the Aeneid by Virgil is a famous Roman epic poem, which I read sections of as part of my high school Latin classes. The Odyssey by Homer is a famous Greek epic poem. So you've got the contrast there. Uh, which includes the sirens who were mentioned earlier, 
why the Aeneid is about joy and the Odyssey about grief, as I've said here, I think I just, again, that just sounded good. <laughs> I don't know. It's not really true. Uh, it's kind of the other way around. The Aeneid sort of ends with Aeneas in grief after the death of his friend Pallas, whereas the Od in the Odyssey, he kind of gets home safely and all that. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of a sort of failed <laughs> failed reference there but it is what it is uh both stories occur in the aftermath of the trojan war which is kind of ties to the video clip here which is this here is achilles in this scene where he fights against boagrius in in the trojan war so it all ties together there and uh there is of course a crypto video streaming platform called odyssey so that is also uh, part of things part of the reference Epic odyssey of Greece, the argonauts getting okay the argonauts getting fleeced so this is a reference to jason and the argonauts where they have to try and find the golden fleece which is another epic epic uh poem epic uh, sort of well let's say it's not really a poem right it's a movie jason and the arguments 1963 independent fantasy adventure film that i saw many many years ago and just stuck in the in the back of my mind um so yeah blah 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 jason intends to seek the legendary golden fleece to rally support against peleus so the Argonauts getting fleeced. So he's looking for the golden fleece to save, to sort him out. But we're the ones really getting fleeced by fiat currency, right? <laughs> so it's uh, pretty ironic in that sense. It's a lifting the ships, global hyperinflation. This is history being witnessed. Okay, so. Uh, loose lips are lifting the ships so you've got both the rhyme there of lips and ships as well as the alliteration of the L sound loose lips are lifting the ships now conceptually of course people around the world are discussing Bitcoin and crypto Bitcoin cash so that's a rising tide of adoption so the rising tide is lifting all boats in the sense of cryptocurrency adoption uh, obviously this Jason and the Argonauts is kind of about an epic sea voyage as is the Odyssey with Odysseus and sailing past the sirens and everything so it all ties together there global hyperinflation that's of course the situation that we're facing now <laughs> uh, with the inflation just ramping up everywhere in the world uh, some places faster than others but fiat is in its kind of death spiral uh, but you have a bit of another reference to an epic story and a narrative with this is history being writ. So just uh, reinforcing that idea of you're living in a modern day myth. Now in the video clip, here's me dancing in, in St. Kitts. So that I think that kind of is nice. That ties into it here. You know, this is history. History is being written when we were there in, in St. Kitts. I mean, it's being written every day, right? But that was quite a historically significant event. I think once you, once you look back on history of all of that. And 
NPC drone subconscious will violate again. Okay, a sea of NPC drones. So again, you have uh, a sea uh, ties into the references to ships in the in the previous the previous stanza, and then of course it's also wordplay a sea of NPC drones, right? Uh, NPCs are non-player characters. Drones are from Starcraft, right? Uh, so that's kind of very, very tangentially a reference to another video game there. Uh, but the, it's the evocative imagery of the Bitcoin Cash community surrounded by low information droids. Of course, NPCs, non-player characters, comes from video games, as mentioned with Warcraft and Sid Meier's Civilization. Uh, it also calls back to the lines about mountains and seas, right? That's the seas below in the visual imagery. And you've got the uh, homophone of C and NPC. Subconscious ruled by elites. Uh, the average person is, of course, controlled by the media. They just believe whatever is told to them. And he have a nice little meme of the NPCs saying the governments and banks would never lie to us which of course they do constantly and perpetually, but still when you talk to the average person, they're shocked or unaware of any, any such shenanigans. Okay, against remaining humanity, maybe we give them a glimpse, so I don't need to reach all the NPCs. That's that's fine. They're not really reachable anyway. I just need to reach the actual people, which is the remnant, the ones mentioned before in the prophet Isaiah. Give them a glimpse. You've got another nice bit of alliteration there with the G sounds. So here's an example of me doing exactly that in the video clip I was dancing around. This is Tall Bill, shout out to him from New Hampshire, he's an absolute legend and he came to the Bitcoin Cash 22 conference uh, and he really enjoyed it and I think he got a lot of value out of, he learned a lot about Bitcoin Cash, he didn't really know too much, he knew of crypto but he didn't really know much about Bitcoin Cash or the specifics until he came along and yeah, he's uh, he's really cool. Uh, he's of course very tall, like it doesn't look, you know, specifically like that in this clip. He's even hunched over a little bit, but he's six foot seven. So <laughs> he's, uh, he's certainly, um, you know, tall enough to be in the NBA, but, uh, here's, you know, here's me extending my hand out to him. So there you go. It's literally me giving a, a, a glimpse, extending my hand to, to Bill as part of jumping on the the real part of humanity that knows the truth. Okay, so go and speak to the remnant. Here's me in Buddha Bar with Sunny, who hosted the BCH22 conference and, and the Buddha Bar and everything. Once again, a nice uh, shout out to him. We're smoking a bit of shisha because he, he loved that. So did a bit of that with him. to resist critical mass of civilians this madness can no longer persist all right of course we've got more rhymes there but the ones rising to resist uh so you've got some nice alliteration there that's obviously the bitcoin cash community the remnants are the ones rising to resist a critical mass of civilians once again you've got the the c alliteration critical civilians 
uh, and a tipping point in awareness is all that is needed, right? We've got to get Bitcoin Cash to 5% or 10% of the global population. And then from there, economics will just sort of take over in a sudden tipping point. But we, 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 need, to, we need to hit that critical mass. Uh, of course, there's a bit of sort of nice word reference here where mass and madness madness is literally just extra letters in the middle of mass right that's pretty cool i think critical mass of civilians this madness can no longer persist the whole fiat currency scam will just be over if we can if we can get enough support and enough traction all we need is a moment a single crack or a split okay all we need is a moment, a single crack or a split, some undeniable testimony that Xerxes can bleed. So that's really all it is. We, it's just about there will be one moment that we we need to create some kind of public demonstration, you know, to the whole world that Bitcoin cannot be stopped and that fiat currency is done and it's over. And maybe we're all demonstrating that every day in small ways, right? Just by transacting on the network. So that's the mission of the podcast, just to create that that flashpoint in history, that one moment that everyone will look back at and say, that was when it happened, that everyone flipped over to, to Bitcoin. Xerxes is, of course, mentioned because it ties into the whole 300-story Leonidas promise to Xerxes that he would prove that a god can bleed which which he did uh of course it cost him his life at the end there but uh he he did it he have uh Romit, who is from Zappet wallet so shout out to him uh who we were with in the in the bar in st kitts and he's blowing some shisha smoke so it's a pretty uh you know defying authority type of vibe very very rap music <laughs> so i thought that was that was pretty cool and you have the guitar comes in here that I mentioned before. This is the one part of the instrumental that I did actually physically play myself. And I I love just how it, it's, it sounds so desperate. It has that perfect feeling of just desperation in the in the instrumental that I'm that I'm playing if you just li listen to it closely. One rising to resist critical mass of civilians. Madness can no longer persist. All we need is a moment, a single crack or a split, some undeniable testimony. And it just gets it just gets more uh, desperate as it goes along, so you can listen out for that. The Turks can bleed. This is crossing the chasm. It's the end of the grift. This is crossing the chasm. So Crossing the Chasm is a famous book about how innovations either succeed or fail at their leap from innovators to the mass majority of the human population. And that's what we're trying to do with Bitcoin Cash and, of course, crypto generally is to get over that chasm before the CBDCs arrive and wreck us. But I haven't actually read that book, uh, but I understand the concept. Crossing the Chasm, nice bit of alliteration there. It's the end of the grift, which is, of course, the fiat currency regime that has destroyed the world's prosperity for more than the last century. 
freedom hangs in the balance and our choice is the difference and all right freedom hangs in the balance and our choice is the difference so that's that's what's at stake it's freedom for all humanity if we fuck it up the cbdc's will arrive we'll get put in a dystopian orwellian nightmare and there won't be any way out of that in the short term maybe not for generations centuries potentially ever maybe we'll just be cbdc's and then we'll all get nuked at some point and that'll be the end of that probably unlikely to have the economic growth and innovation to get multi-planetary with uh, that kind of authoritarian stranglehold on the population so that's kind of what we're at up against our choice is the difference uh and it, but it says like our choice is the difference so it could either be and our choice is the difference or and our choices the difference which both make grammatic sense so i think that's kind of cool and in the video clip you have me on the on the beach there with the gadsden flag which is of course a classic and cap type of imagery and our choice is the difference and if you don't like it don't give a fuck what you think all right you can hear the guitar getting a bit more desperate there in the background if you don't like it i don't give a fuck what you think so obviously i don't mind swearing in my music i do it all the time but in this song there's only one swear word and it's here to really highlight how the stakes the stakes are going up uh right so this is it's really here for emphasis if you don't like it i, I don't care that's comes back to my friends who didn't get it right you just we've just got to plow all the people who the doubters and the haters just got to make it happen anyway this one is for the future for the parents of kids all right so this one is for the future of the parents of kids so here you have hiro nakamura hiro nakamura from the tv show heroes talking to peter petrelli so here's a bit of their scene hero his power is that he can freeze time so he freezes time and he comes back from the future to talk to peter and give him a message Peter Petrelli. What? Are you doing this? I look different without the scar. I don't know you. Not yet. My name is Hiro Nakamura. I'm from the future, and I have a message for you. I don't have much time. I'm risking a rift just by coming here. The girl, you have to save her. What girl? The cheerleader. It's the only way to prevent it. Prevent what? everything listen to me she must live the painter isaac go to him he will know when i call you you must tell me where we meet you told me many times how lost you felt before it all started this is what you've been waiting for be the one we need wait save the cheerleader save the world Wait, Hero, I don't understand. Hero, where are you? I, I don't understand. Peter, are you all right? So there you have it. You have, uh, oh, just as well, yeah.
right? So that's from the first season of Heroes, which is also a great TV show. The first season is amazing. Then after that, it kind of gets progressively worse. But uh, this, you know, the lyric here is because this one is for the future, and that's that's what the mission is about. It doesn't matter if people right now don't get it. What matters is in the future if everyone will sort of appreciate it if we manage to save them from CBDCs and fiat currency will be obvious in, in hindsight, right? Um, so anyway, you have Hero coming back to talk to Peter and I, I like how he says to him, you, you look different without the scar, you know, and then you're always kind of wondering in the audience, like when does Peter get a scar? Like what what kind of scar? What, what happens? There must be a story around that. And he says, save the cheerleader, save the world, right? which is you can see in here in the description of the sunrise video on YouTube, I wrote, save the money, save the world, which is a callback uh, to that. So heroes come back from the future to give us the message, just like I'm here telling everyone about Bitcoin Cash going to global reserve currency in the future. And then you've got the, the, the little symbol, the branding of heroes, it's with this uh, eclipse. So once again, you have the galactic imagery of the, the sun uh, and heroes, the idea of everyday people being being heroes, just like everyday people in the Bitcoin Cash community are the heroes saving humanity. And then you also have here for the parents of kids. So this line is literally true in the sense that I'm trying to reach parents with kids because they're the ones most invested in the future. Uh, and they're the ones that uh, the, the podcast seems to be resonating the most with, right? My prime demographic is essentially men between the age of 25 and 45, a lot of whom have kids from, <laughs> from what I can observe. So that's who I'm trying to, trying to reach, the parents of kids. But it's also a pun because a kid is the offspring of a goat, right? Uh, a baby goat is a kid. So I'm saying that uh, the parents are goats, like the G-O-A-T-S, the greatest of all times. So I'm acknowledging the importance of parenthood there. Is it Plata or Plumo? Is it Pistols or Pistols? Okay. Is it Plata or Plumo? So this is the choice, silver or lead that Pablo Escobar offered to the Colombians, uh, which is depicted in Narcos, right? But he did this <laughs> for real, I'm pretty sure at some point. Plata or Plumo. Uh, so it's Spanish, yeah, for silver or lead. So they can either have silver, like economics, a bribe, or they can have lead, which is a bullet or violence. So this is kind of like Bitcoin was obviously historically used for peaceful rather than uh, violent drug markets, right? But he offered them this choice, Plata or Plumo, with the alliterations. And then I uh, adapted this into English, right? So I said, is it pistols or pistons? So I've done, I've preserved that same structure. I've even preserved the, the, the alliteration of the letter P. And then here we have Plata and Plumo, and I've, I've reversed it. I've got pistols or pistons. So instead of it being silver or lead, uh, like I've got 
uh, pistols or pistons. So pistol, pistols is like plumo, is like lead, and plata is like pistons, right? You can make pistons that are often made out of a silvery metal. So that's like, it's like a bilingual wordplay here, right? In fact, it's even better, I think, because in my version, pistols and pistons, they only differ by one one letter. So you can't get much better than that. I'm offering the same choice, right? Pistols, is it going to be violence or is it going to be pistons machinery like Bitcoin, like Bitcoin miners, peaceful machinery or, or violence, platter or plumo, pistols or pistons. Uh, and then, of course, the association with silvery metals calls back to mithril and uh, mithril titanium that we we talked about earlier. Alright, so the jackals will judge you. So once again, you have the alliteration with the J's, but the jackals, uh, that's a reference to Anubis, who is the jackal-headed judge of the underworld in Egyptian mythology. So once we're dead, if we choose plumo or pistons, <laughs> if we choose uh, plumo or uh, pistols, then we're going to get judged for our choice in the in the afterlife. Of course, it also uh, ties together with hangs in the balance, right? Because Anubis weighed people's hearts against a feather, if I'm getting my mythology right. Uh, of course, the Egyptians also worshipped the sun. They were sun-worshipping, so that ties into the whole sunrise and the whole theme of the sun yet again. And here in the video clip, you have Nasus, who is one of the champions you can play in League of Legends. So yet again, video games coming into it. And Nasus is the jackal-headed Egyptian god, right? He's, he's based on that uh, mythology of Anubis. And uh, so I'm talking here about, and so will your children and the parents of kids. And then the reference is to a video game played by children, right? So it all, it all cuts together. A second mention of children to reinforce that this is what it's all about and how they'll look back at the choices their parents made once the Bitcoin revolution either succeeds or fails. Okay, so we've got another clip here from uh, from Troy of Achilles uh, killing Boagrius. I've explained it in verse, another meta lampshade, right? <laughs> I'm directly referencing what I'm doing in the song, in the song itself. Uh, it doesn't, it's not supposed to be a reference to Bitcoin.com's verse token but that does fit, so you can take it that way if, if you want. That's an immortal technique. So epic poetry, such as this um, song, or like Aeneid or the Odyssey that we mentioned before, has often been used to transmit information as an eternal human tool. So explaining things in verse is literally an immortal technique. It's been used for thousands of years. Uh, but it's also a shout out to Immortal Technique, who is one of my favorite rappers and who raps a lot about political issues and about, you know, the lies that the government tells and, and stuff like that. Um, so you can see the cause of death is uh, one example that you can 
look up if you're interested in that. Immortal Technique was born in Peru, which is on the border of Chile. So like I mentioned Chile before, so he and I are like conceptually neighboring <laughs> rap artists, both in a geographic sense and also in a philosophical uh, and a musical sense. Okay, so you've got the guitars getting increasingly desperate here. And here's we've got more from this scene from Sunrise that we didn't talk as much about before, but this scene is uh, Captain Canada's death. So when they're on this ship, they have a broken part and the captain has to go out and he essentially sacrifices him himself to fix the ship and save the rest of the crew uh, in this very visually dramatic scene with the sun and also featuring the sunshine song, so. Go. So yeah, you have the the epic uh, music there of sunshine, and you have the psychologist is trying to ask him what what does he see as he's being consumed by the sun, which is kind of a motif in that in that movie about uh, people being influenced by the sun and so forth. Um, all right, where are we at with the lyrics here? Okay. Okay, so I've. It's uh, that's an immortal take technique, an auditory cinematic. So I've done everything I can to make this song, make this music uh, cinematic, right? Uh, it's very grand and so forth. Um, and it's also got a, an epic feeling to match with the with the music and 
with the references and all the allusions and obviously it's uh, sampled from a cinema soundtrack which I've always liked so I've really tried to make sunrise an auditory cinematic experience painted poetic triptychs so a triptych is a painting in three section which tells a story in three acts so in the same way that's what this song is it has three sections this is we're getting to the end of the second section here and the third section is very short but uh that's again it's lamp it's uh, meta I'm, i've painted a poetic triptych it's black mirror scenes if things could have been different so it's black mirror scenes if things could have been different obviously with the black mirror scene there uh, of the guy who's he's learning to dance and getting frustrated just like i was dancing in saint kitts right that ties together but uh black mirror is the dystopian british sci-fi series uh the tiny televisions we mentioned that and so if the mission is failed and bitcoin cash loses then humanity ends up in some kind of cbdc scenario and everyone will look back despairingly at what could have been and say oh things could have been different but that's not going to matter if we're in the black mirror universe the words have been spoken and now the universe listens okay the words have been spoken and now the universe listens so now i'm making a final or maybe not a final but i'm making yet another meta philosophical point right my message in this song is going out to the universe and the universe is listening you right now listening to the song or to this commentary are the universe listening to itself <laughs> right <laughs> the words have been spoken now the universe listens like at a certain it, it comes to what i said before about the remnant i just put this stuff out there and the universe listens and obviously we'll decide whether it's good enough or not and then in the video clip here you had me at the ramparts and then turning to the side and then here you have achilles facing off against all the other soldiers after he's killed their champion Boagrius and just purely by coincidence we have the mirrored shots of me turning to face one way and Achilles turning to face the other way which means when you're looking at me in the previous shot it's like you're looking from the perspective of the soldiers which is pretty cool uh, but on my Twitter uh, page on my Twitter account I have the picture of um, this this shot but with laser eyes on all the on all the little soldiers here which is like i'm like achilles and i can just wreck whoever their biggest best soldier is and then the rest of them are kind of <laughs> in terrified uh terrified hesitation uh at ha having to face off against me you know that's that's kind of the same thing all right that was another big session so there's just one little final section here and some closing remarks but i think i'll do that in a third session so time for a quick break all right we're back part three just a small section so let's finish it off here where are we at achilles canada about to die 
Hiro Nakamura going back to the going back to the future. So we're we've got a bit of a transition here. We're coming from the end of the sort of current section. So we did the past, right? We did all the backstory, how I started and how I got inspired and fired up by Goggins to take over the world with Bitcoin Cash. And then we did sort of the trials and tribulations, what resources and what things do I have at my disposal and so forth. And now we're coming to the concluding section, which is kind of a bit more about the future. So we've done the past, the present, we're coming to the future and here's Hero going back to the future. I'm here with a message resonating like Ziz. Okay, all right. So first up, we got the change in the music. So this is the final section. And it, I always felt like it sounds really sort of angelic and heavenly, <laughs> which I think matches the matches the vibe of the the final piece of the piece of the puzzle. So there's a bit of a going towards Bitcoin Cash heaven, like a peaceful humanity that had all been united by the global reserve currency there's kind of a bit of a feeling with that we mentioned before that it's a it's a triptych right the it should be a story in three parts so again it just ties into that we did part one part two so now we're on to part three and we've got to have a bit of a, con a concluding statement right so we started out with let me tell you a story and then uh you know we've, we've been through all that so now it kind of is I'm here with a message. So what's what's the message? As the final section begins, it's important to summarize what's being said, although of course the, that's a bit of a troll because the entire thing is so cryptic, but the, I, I am here with a message. Bitcoin Cash, Global Reserve Currency, etc. right? Resonating like Ziz. So who's Ziz? He's the guy in this video here, and he's an Australian bodybuilder who I've drawn a lot of inspiration from. Now, he died at age 22, either from steroid overdoses and or a genetic heart condition, depending on who you believe in. But he had inspired a huge generation of young men, myself included, uh, to get into fitness and just generally be a bit more happy and to live a, a good life. So let's hear let's hear some of his words that he has here from this motivational speech. This one's just kind of chopped up. Look at this guy. He's got 1.47k subscribers and 484,000 views on this video of, of Ziz. Sad cunt? 
fuck that shit, bro. Every little fucking hater's gonna hate, bro. You'll never be like this, bro. Cause I'm a fucking sick cunt, mate. And I'm a fucking sick cunt, mate. Oh, amazing. So yeah, there you have some wise words from Ziz, who's obviously preaching a similar message in terms of self-accountability, self-responsibility, not taking no for an answer. Obviously, he's a great entertainer <laughs> as well, too. But his backstory is that he was, I don't know, he was something like 16 or something, and he was this skinny kid that played Warcraft in his mum's basement or whatever. And then he decided, look, I've got to just change my whole life. And then by the time he was 22, he made a name for this bodybuilding and partying and, uh, and all that sort of stuff, right? So obviously being Australian, I relate to him a bit. And also just his, his general inspirational uh, me message, you know. <laughs> but yeah, if you don't know Ziz, look into Ziz and get, get, uh, get fired up. A true legend, R.O.P. And here, here he is with the sunglasses as well too, which is funny because I'm wearing sunglasses in the in the video. You know, he's talking about the revolution, right? So I'm I'm here with that same message that that he had, and it's it's getting traction, it's resonating, right? So that's a bit of a play on words because uh, it's resonating, like in the in the literal sense, you can hear my message in the song is now resonating in your ears, literally. But also metaphorically, Ziz went out and told all these people and all these young men caught on and loved it. And it's the same thing with the Bitcoin Cash podcast, right? It's found an audience and, and it's resonating. It's aesthetics forever, at least shredded oblique. Okay, all right. So that's aesthetics forever, or at least shredded oblique. So this is, uh, that's what Ziz, Ziz's philosophy, right? Was He called it aesthetics which is just the idea that you would obviously have to have to get fit and, and look good, like look shredded, right? Um, but aesthetics is, of course, a high-minded concept that the ancient Greeks and so forth talked about, like what is aesthetic in the world, what is true, what is good, what is beautiful. So I'm just tying together those, those two things, the very, once again, there's sort of a literal and a figurative meaning, right? The literal meaning of you got to look after yourself and sort yourself on an individual level and then at the broader level that that then flows into that right or at least shredded oblique so it's like even if i can't hit the the peak of perfection or whatever at, at least i can try and at least i can get you know uh, shredded obliques get some get some abs right now obliques is it's important that it's uh, the obliques because that's the muscles on the side of your abs so if you have really like shredded obliques and also big side muscles then you can get uh wings so like ziz wings and ziz here we go ziz was often sort of depicted especially after his death in this like angelic <laughs> version of him with the with the wings but you can see here the obliques on the side right and literally you know so he almost literally had wings uh which ties into like i said the whole angelic aspect to the the ending of the of the song get ripped or die myron that was another one of his attitudes so that's the same all or nothing attitude that i said we're taking over completely or i'm going to die trying and changing the game right it's echoes of Echoes of Ziz. And then in the video clip, we've got... Um, it's 
aesthetics forever. We've got Hit Girl making a break for it, uh, where she comes in and wrecks all the the final few uh, bad guys to save Kickass and uh, Big Daddy. And this is just this this moment where she just comes charging out of the side with the flashing strobe lights is so dramatic and so epic. Like I said, when I saw this in the cinema when I was, I don't know how old I was, but I must have been like a teenager. Maybe I was 17 or something like that. And I was just, this is <laughs> amazing. What an amazing uh, scene. So I've got it uh, fitting here roughly on the beat, I think. I don't know that I got it perfect, but of uh, her charging out. Forever. Oh, there we go. I did get it on the beat. What do you know? Okay, then we have persecuted on faith so we've come full circle here right that i was starting the song locked down in my crib because of the coronavirus lockdowns well here here we are with uh this guy with his sign i don't know where he's from but it looks like canada some people with canadian flags in the background and he's got kill the anti-vax on his cardboard poster right this is this is literal witch hunting <laughs> that uh even though in history and in hindsight this is going to be seen as just absolutely unbelievable that this ever transpired but that 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 was the case some people are so propagandized and so stirred up in this mob rage that the unclean evil unvaccinated had to be destroyed and that they were the source of all your problems which is, of course, you know, it was complete nonsense at the time. It's still complete nonsense now. But the excuse for it all was was science, right? It's the science says that that's, of course, that was all complete lies. The science was settled until it wasn't, which, it, you know, of course, yet again, all just fake media propaganda, right? But the um, the this whole kill the anti-vax thing, it's, it's uh, a persecution which this guy would believe was based on science, but it's not. It's based on faith, right? He was given faith by the media gods that he listens to. So I, as, you know, part of that group, not that I'm actually really that, I'm not so much anti-vaccines, but I'm certainly anti-those vaccines, and that became the label anti-vax, right? So here we go. So, you know, so that's me. I've been uh, persecuted on faith. Obviously, faith once again tying into the sort of religious uh, imagery and elements, uh, like we just talked about the angel wings, right? Persecuted on faith, like a wizard or witch. So this is also coming full circle. So. Uh, the wizard or witch is like Harry Potter. We started by talking about Harry Potter at the start of the song. Well, here we are. We've come full circle again. Things are playing out uh, in reverse here too. J.K. Rowling has been subject to a lot of social justice type of persecution as well herself. So it does tie in there. The line is both a simile and a juxtaposition. So wizard and witch is a contrasting pair. So wizards, people actually tend to like wizards and witch tends to be kind of a bit of a um, accusation hanging over from the Middle Ages for some reason. I'm not exactly 
sure of that. So the original meaning of this is a reference to medieval witch burning outcasts that were lynched on a no win outcome by superstitious mobs. This was the exact same phenomenon experienced by the unvaccinated in the coronavirus pandemic that were treated as unclean, horrible people and gaslit to supposedly trust the science by righteous mobs that were acting on zealotry and hysteria rather than accurate scientific information. So, yeah, it's just being that's that was how it felt <laughs> being unvaccinated at that time. I'm sure a lot of my listeners can uh, relate to that. The fire, which they used typically in those witch-burning trials, right? You, it was like put them in the fire, and if they burnt, then they were then they weren't a witch, but they had already been burnt and they were dead. And then if they uh, survived it somehow, then or I think they did the same with drowning. If they survived it, then that was proof that they were a witch, and then you could hang them anyway, right? So it's like absolutely no win it was the same as the unvaccinated you know if you don't have symptoms that's one of the symptoms <laughs> if you don't have symptoms you could still spread it or you're still a contagious uh, agent or whatever and this line was also written before the taproot wizards uh became a thing but it retroactively does apply now the taproot wizards are ironically being persecuted by the bitcoin laser eyes and of course, the Taproot Wizards draw their name from the original Bitcoin wizard on our Bitcoin. So that's metaphorical for a time before the block size war started and all Bitcoiners were united in creativity. And I have also restored this to, if you go on RBTC on the old uh, version, the new layout doesn't have it. You have the Bitcoin wizard here, which I added, uh, I, or I think I requested the mods at the time. Now I'm a mod as well, but I think at the time I requested the mods to add this uh, back to keep everyone remembering that original spirit of uh, Bitcoin. So yeah, you've got a ton of different stuff in there. Okay, persecute on faith like a wizard or witch. In the heat of the day, obviously, we just talked about burning wizards or witches. Uh, but it picks up on the fire, flame, sun theme. And the heat of the day is usually around midday when the sun is highest in the sky. Actually, I think it's usually more about two or three o'clock. But anyway, the point is we've we've started from sunrise and we've now got to the, the, the middle of the day come full, full stretch through a full 12 hour uh, circle. And I also had made, had this line just with the following line too, in the heat of the day is when the desert rock speaks. So if you're caught in the desert and dehydrating, once the heat reaches zenith would be about the time you would start hallucinating mirages. So this is also a bit of a self, self-critique. self am I, am I just following a, a mirage? Is that what this whole mission for global reserve currency is doomed to failure? I mean, I have so many people telling me that it's delusional and I'm wrong and I'm crazy and whatever. But I mean, I'm not worried about that because I think they're wrong, but you know, it's possible, right? I could just be chasing a mirage. The desert is rocky because it's an Australian uh, desert. So in Australia, you know, when you hear the word desert, people think of like sand everywhere, but the Australian deserts typically don't have all that much sand. They're actually filled with red rock. So this is a bit of a shout out to my homeland which also, and ironically, I was not able to return to during the pandemic for being persecuted <laughs> for being unvaccinated, right? So it's just, uh, it's all a bit of a mess in that regard.
executed on faith like a wizard. Oh, here we go. Look at this in the video clip. Kyla in the Berg. Sometimes I sit back and ponder how great America would actually be if a new COVID variant wiped out every single unvaccinated person in the US, leaving only the caring, educated, selfless people with common fucking sense. Posted on the 28th of November, 2021. So this is just a classic... Um, you know, NPC take right here. You know, she literally cannot fathom the irony of her words that she's talking about people being caring and educated and selfless and having common sense, yet she's advocating for a COVID variant to wipe out all the unvaccinated people, the ones who are actually the most fine in, in general, and how great America would be if all the opposition was just destroyed like unfortunately the npcs don't understand that they are the npcs and also just in hindsight i think this just looks horrific there was so many takes like this so i just have these two examples here to prove that this was this was not just some you know in hindsight it will probably be rewritten something oh it wasn't that bad yeah, yeah yes it was yes it was which in the heat of the day is when the desert rock speaks and Lindy's my friend. All right, Lindy is my friend. So who's Lindy? So Lindy is from the Lindy Effect, which has been popularized by Nassim Taleb, which is that Lindy is sort of the, the person of, of time. So as time goes on, Lindy sorts out good things from bad things, right? So the pyramids are 5,000 years old or whatever. So if... If you had to bet on what would still be around in 5,000 years, you would probably bet on them because they've already been here for 5,000 years. So they've got the best chance of still being there in 5,000 years as opposed to betting on something new. You know, something that's new is actually less likely to still be here in 5,000 years than something that's already 5,000 years old because that's already proven that it can resist the passage of time. So Lindy's my friend because as time goes on, the whole mission to change global reserve currency gets easier and easier, which I've talked about many times on the show. People can't unlearn about Bitcoin. They can't unlearn how it works. They can't unrealize that it might have some economic utility to it. They can't, you know, very few people ever sort of go backwards on their Bitcoin journey. Of course, some people do and then become a bit salty and then take a couple steps back, but they're still just caught up in the crowd rushing past them of everybody slowly realizing they've got to adopt it as global reserve currency. Lindy's my friend because burning my life to a crisp. So have got burning and crisps here so that that's also evocative imagery of the sun and everything which matches with the the video here, Canada, as he's looking into the sun and just realizing it's all over. So this also being the end of the song, that's quite appropriate. Burning my life to a crisp is something no one else living can revoke or rescind. Okay, so here's me in 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 the sunlight, which is which is cool. So that comes together. Burning my life to a crisp is something no one else living can revoke or rescind. So just like a Bitcoin transaction, once you've done proof of work, there's no one able to take it back so this is again tying to the religious imagery we talked about anubis and judging people in the afterlife right a god maybe could could change the proof of work that i've done for bitcoin cash or that i will do in the future but once i've done it nobody nobody can take it away i'm burning my life energy and my time to make this mission happen 
but once I've done it, it's impossible to stop it. Like nobody can get rid of the existing literature of the podcast and the songs. They're just, they're out there and they'll always be echoing forward in time. So uh, yeah, a, a God would be required to un undo things. So that fits with the mythology. You've got the alliteration of revoke and rescind. Note that revoke is also frequently used in system ops database administration when discussing user permissions. So that calls back to databases that we were talking about before. When there's nothing else left. Okay, the shot also, this was also kind of a coincidence, but it fit really nicely. You've got the contrast of me being like, come at me for the whole world. And once again, you have the reverse perspective of Leonidas as he's about to get wrecked by the whole Persian hordes, kind of the same story for him. Once he'd done the proof of work, the story was just immortal and we still talk about it today, right? And it was famously made into that movie. The Persians consume the Greeks. Okay, so when there's nothing else left, so quite dramatically appropriate as this is literally the last stanza. So there's there's literally nothing else left. But also metaphorically, what what do you do when you don't have enough energy when you're completely um, done, you know? And that, again, it's a callback right to the start where we had Goggins saying, so I started realizing that if you can just find strength just a little bit longer, right? Even when you're completely down and out, if you could just go a little bit longer. Uh, so once again, everything is coming full circle and tying back into the start. Uh, the Persians consume the Greeks. So we've talked about 300 has been mentioned. It's been in the video clip. Xerxes has been mentioned. So the Persian, the Greeks all died, right, in at Thermopylae. Uh, and, but they bought enough time delaying the Persian army for political disagreements to be resolved in Sparta and prepare a defense, thus saving Greece and changing world history. So in the same way, the original minority of big blockers were wiped out in the block sides war and removed from the BC side of things by a far more powerful enemy with a backdrop of political corruption. But the sacrifice brought enough time for BCH and in hindsight will be remembered as a similar last stand victory, even in a short term defeat. And of course you had the, the it matched us up with the video clip there. Then you have here, you have this uh, from heroes so let the sun rise so this clip here is from the heroes opening um, I don't know the heroes intro right that plays at the start of every episode so it's giving the sense that everybody can be a hero everyone in Bitcoin cash that's kind of what the theme of the show heroes is about ordinary people suddenly discovering they have the power to change the world and so forth and here it is and of course it's famously an eclipse right uh, with the sun rising in the background. So once again, sunrise. So let the sun rise. So that references the title of the song and completes the story of Bitcoin Cash, seeing the dawn of a new day, right? The community has found a new lease on life and will uh, carry forward. You also have a nice bit of wordplay that you can take it as, so let the sun rise or so let the sun rise either uh, it can either be a one word noun or a noun verb two word combo so it's the it's the latter it's let the sun rise but the former almost fits 
it fits conceptually, but not grammatically. But it's <laughs> I tried. It's a nice attempt. <laughs> and I'll fly on my wings. Okay, so let the sun rise, and I'll fly on my wings. So now uh, we have an allusion to the story of Icarus, the mythological figure who flew too close to the sun. So not only does this tie to the sun theme and title of the song but also the wings theme at the start of the third verse. And like I said in the original movie, Sunshine, I believe their ship was called the Icarus. So it ties in as well too. Gives a bit of a sense of martyrdom that if I die on making BCH the global reserve currency, then that makes me Icarus that flew too close to the sun. I don't know if the government gets me in the future or something like that. Hopefully not, but... It's possible, and if it happens, well, it will just make this lyrics even better. Uh, wings, as the final word of the third verse, fits exactly with win. So you've got here, and I'll fly on my wings to finish the third verse. And then you've got, um, I'll never let them win at the end of the first verse. So it ties together in uh, sort of wordplay there as well too. Someone who has wings is an angel so that was mentioned at the end of the first verse like satoshi's angels the bch community that i shouted out at the end of the disloyal shout out to them they haven't really been as active recently from what from what i'm aware of but they were a huge part of bch history and even just the name satoshi's angels is fantastic i always thought that was amazing branding finally when bitcoin cash split from btc one of the earlier popular adaptations of the logo was the cash bill Let's see if we can find to show Bitcoin Cash Bill, uh, which had the which had the wings. Bitcoin Cash Bill logo. Yeah, sort of like this. It has the the wings here on the on the side and then over time the community has realized it's smarter to just chop that off and change the color to green to like even like here and then like here to differentiate it more from btc so that's also a nice little historical tie-in so let the sun rise and i'll fly on my wings so that's it oh and we've got a little bit left of the video clip so here's me closing off the camera Hit Girl wrecks the last of the uh, the goons, the Mafia goons. So this is me. I've done this rap. I've done Sunrise. All opposition has been destroyed and it's over. Again, we talked about the universe listening. It's possible that would just echo forward in time with all the people who heard this and got inspired by it and made BCH the global reserve currency. And then, boom, she points at the camera which is pretty sick. And then we just finish here on this nice graphic. So this video was released to time with the May 2023 upgrade to cash tokens. And somebody had made, I think it might've been Bchad from Bitcoin Cash TV, shout out to him, but maybe somebody else or somebody from his channel, I don't know, made this variation of the Bitcoin wizard, which was a cash tokens wizard wearing green uh, and saying, join us. So I'm just finishing this entire arc with saying, yeah, look, Bitcoin Cash is right there. Come come be involved. Uh, the description says, save the money, save the world. Like I said, that's a reference to 
Hiro Nakamura, who's the, um, the you know, he tells Peter to save the cheerleader, save the world. Look, let's give this video a like. 63 likes, 764 views. Not too bad. I'm sure that can only tick up over time. You can download the full song in the description and you can check out the cash token subreddit if you want to talk about that. So yeah, that pretty much does it. That is probably going on three and a half hours at least of discussion of what all of these lyrics and things meant. I'm sure you can see that there was just every line pretty much was related to things and had references upon references and so forth. Like I said at the start, I, I love media that has that kind of stuff. Now in, in my other songs, like in uh, Disloyal and Changing the Game, th there there is some of this, but nowhere near <laughs> the, the depth that there is in this one. I don't know how many times I can make a song like this or, uh, you know, it, it does take a lot of extra time to, to have a grand story worth telling to that same degree and putting all the different lines and references in there. Um, yeah, so how to, how to wrap this up? Uh, once again, a shout out to Marcelo, who has been instrumental in encouraging the podcast and funding it. And I know particularly enjoys this music and I've promised him for a while that I would make this video. So I, I do always deliver like a Lannister, I always pay my debts, just a question of when I get time to do it. Uh, I hope that was insightful. I hope everybody who listens to Sunrise can listen to it again and get a bit of fresh perspective on it, maybe see it in a different light and share it with somebody else who's who's interested in it. And yeah, Bitcoin Cash, got to make it the global reserve currency. It's the end of January, 2024. So big year ahead. All right, that'll, that'll do it. Tune into the next episode. And if you're passionate enough about BCH to have listened to this whole thing, you really should be coming to bliss. I'll see you at the 2024 upgrade celebration day for um, in Slovenia. So check out www.bliss.cash buy a Jessica NFT ticket. There you go, full circle once again. The cash tokens upgrade that we implemented then is now live and in production and be part of it. All right, that's it, ciao.